1979, the first issue of Fangoria was released into the world. It's been over 40 years, and they are better than ever, with each issue bringing you 100 pages of exclusive, carefully curated content honoring horror's past, present, and future. These articles and interviews will never be published online, so the only way to read them is by getting your hands on a physical, collectible copy of your own. We can't give anything away because we want the experience to be a surprise, but we can safely say that you do not want to miss a single page. So... Head on over to Fangoria to learn more, to subscribe, and while you're there, make sure to enter the promo code KINGCAST to save 25% off your annual subscription. Now on with the show. Hi. My name is Stephen King. The ice is gonna break! Well, sometimes that is better. Hello and welcome back to the KingCast on the Fangoria Podcast Network. My name's Scott Wampler. And I'm Eric Vespi. We are your hosts. Our guest this week is one of our favorite guests here at the KingCast. He's an Eisner Award-winning writer behind Hawkeye, Sex Criminals, and the Invincible Iron Man, among a bazillion other titles. And since we last spoke with him, he has also become the co-creator, writer, and executive producer for Apple's Monarch Legacy of Monsters series, which is... An absolute must-watch if you haven't already started doing so. Uh, For the past few years, he's been working his way through Stephen King's Dark Tower series and joining us to discuss each book as he completes them. This week, he's here to discuss the fifth overall book in the series, 2004's Wolves of the Kala. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to the KingCast stage, Mr. Matt Fraction. Matt, how are you doing today? You know, Wampa, fuck you for st- stammering uh, in the yes. my introduction. I demand a, a retake, a clean done uh, in one take. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm great. How are you guys doing? Living the the, the listeners ain't going to hear that shit at all. Magic <laughs> no. editing. Yeah, that's right. Um, we're doing good. We're doing good. It's been a, it's been a wild year. Um, yeah. And you guys have just re-upped for another year. I saw we We did. did. We did. Um, literally last night I was sitting at Torchy's tacos, having my, uh, my fat guy free queso, uh, (laughs) sign up for our Patreon and listen to the mailbag to hear the story behind that dear listener. Um, (laughs) when, when the thing came in and, and it turns out that the way contracts work now, at least online contracts is that the first person that, that gets it has to sign it before anybody else can. So it was one of those things where it quickly became apparent where Scott's like, I can't, I can't get this put to bed until, until you look at this. So I'm sitting at Torchy's, you know, having dinner, having a queso queso in one hand contract in the other. Yeah. Yeah. Just like flipping through. All right. There's nothing, there's nothing super, uh, sneaky in here right and no like oh and by the way we we own your house if you sign this uh oh shit i didn't even read it <laughs> <laughs> well I, I read it and okay. I, yeah. It, yeah i mean yeah it, no, nothing changed from from last year except for the date so we were we were all right happy on. about about that but um but yeah no it's it's weird and it did strike me doing that last night just how things are different you know because I, I yeah yeah not that i signed a shit ton of contracts in my life uh uh you know before <clears throat> owning a business uh but you know the ones i did it was always like okay you gotta go into this office and you yeah, gotta there's, there's a guy who's gotta a... witness it and here it's just like hey do you want you know a fake uh what we think a nice cursive signature of your name looks like and we'll just plop it in here click yes mm. okay great <laughs> All right. yeah we uh one more year i think 
I think. We don't know. You yeah, know in fairness, a year ago, you said one more year. So who I knows? know, I know. At but, least, at um, least another year. I, I think you put it put it best on on the the tweet where it's like, well, we got at least another year in us. And uh, yes, uh, well, we, we, there's going to be we there's some exciting stuff happening on on Vespianize end that uh, we can't really talk about yet, but people will find out about soon enough. Um, and human centipede. <laughs> yes. And we'll, um, we are, well, we're, we're not ready to let go of the King cast just yet. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, of course. And so, um, you still we, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> so my, my, my thing is like, if we're doing another year of this show, we have pretty much run the bases on this thing. Mm. Um, there's a few projects like yours that we're doing with the, the dark tower that, that still need to be completed. But what I'd really like in the, what is this? The third, fourth year? What? I don't know. I lost track, but. Whatever this year is that we're going into. It feels like, I think, end of four, beginning of five feels about right to me. (laughs) Just as a listener sitting back and trying to think about it, I think think that's right. Well, we were a pandemic show, so we we launched uh, in spring of 2020. So uh, So I guess this will be the fourth. Yeah. At any rate, I want to do more uh, format-breaking episodes. I want to get a little weird with it, a little more conceptual with some of the stuff we're doing. We've got got some ideas on that front, Um, but I, I look forward to... Uh, finding new ways to keep things keep things fresh around here. Can't talk about Pet Cemetery straight up again. I just yeah, yeah. I just don't have it in me. So we'll we'll find new ways into into some of these titles that we've already beaten to death. <laughs> but yeah, we're excited about it. And I'm really excited for you uh, because your Godzilla show, Monarch uh, Legacy of Monsters, yeah, fucking rules. Oh, um, thank you. My uh, my buddy and I started watching it the other day. Uh, clipped through the first few episodes, and we're I don't I, look. I'm not a huge Godzilla guy, mm-hmm. um, and my problem with a lot of Godzilla stuff is I don't tend to care about the characters. Sure, right. right. And then I feel like but it's uh, not why anybody goes to see Godzilla movies. Well, I need more than that. I guess. Yeah. yeah. You know, some people aren't like that, but for me, I need like a story that I'm compelled by that's going to pull me through and actually give stakes to it. And I I want to care about people. And coincidentally, your show does that as well as a new Godzilla movie that's in theaters right now called Godzilla minus one, which knocked me on my fucking ass. I, uh, I have not had a chance to see minus one yet. My, uh, my son who is a a huge uh, Godzilla fan has been running, working a tech theater for like his school's winter musical. So his weekends have just been completely fucked and he would be so betrayed if I went without him. So, <laughs> yeah. um, in fact, it, the show wrapped last night and as I was driving him home at like 10, 10 30, 11, I was like, all right, uh, so you want to go see Godzilla tomorrow? He's like, I love you, man, but no, <laughs> like, I want to do gonna... nothing tomorrow. So yeah, no, fair. one fair. Uh, I dig your, your kid's energy, by the way. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Def- definitely, uh, me, you same feeling, but, uh, I was going to say like, you better hurry up because it's kind of a limited thing, but now it's, it's, it's making, it's, it's, it's the top grossing Japanese it, language it, film it. Yeah. in American box office history. Yeah, no, I think I'm going to have an, at least another week to go catch it. Yeah. You, you got some time. You got You'll, some time. You're going to love it. It's, it's a crowd pleaser. It's like the top, it's uh, the Top Gun Maverick of, of Godzilla movies. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. It, it, uh, opened in japan right before we 
showed our first episode at New York Comic Con, and I got to talk to our producing partners at Toho uh, about it. I was just so happy for them that, like, oh my god, the reviews have been incredible. It sounds like it's 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 great, and they and it's just kind of like, oh man, what a good year for Godzilla fans. Like, it has been. Have you been uh, happy with the the reaction to Monarch? It seems like I've read a few reviews. It seems like people are loving it. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's I've, I've never been one for kind of re- review reading, you know, but, um, but a- Apple is happy. So that's great. Um, and, and like, you know, we get like summaries and reports and things. Um, um, but, but most of all, it, it's been great talking to people who dig it. Like, it, I mean, I've been working on this as long as we've been talking. In fact, I think the first time we talked um, I was maybe just about to go into the writer's room for season one. Like it's, it, 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 it was like, I literally worked on, I've been working on this for five years. Right. So yeah, like the first document I sent to legendary was dated November 20 something, you know, uh, 2018 and the show premiered November 17th, 2023. It's been five years, like door to door. Um, um, yeah, we like, as you've come on the show, we've charted the progression of the of yes. your journey through that, because I, I remember distinctly when you told us that Kurt and Wyatt Russell were, were going to be playing the same character. We sat on that fucking. I did not tell time. you. I did not tell you that you told me that. And, oh, did, and did, my uh, re, and my reaction confirmed it. Yes. Because <laughs> no one was supposed to know. And, and <laughs> well, who fucking told us that? Yes. Uh, I would love to know. Oh, that that is a secret. That's Do a you remember. Oh, thing. yes. I. Oh, yes. I know. Yeah. Huh. Um, I could have sworn that was you. Yeah, well, no, well, no, because it was because the thing was at the time. Now, sort of, I think because of the, I, I mean, who, who knows? I, there, there was a time when the idea was we were going to bury that reveal. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay, um, and it would have, but then oh, I think they're the mirror characters. Yeah, yeah. So it would have been a thing where you'd have realized at the end of episode two, right? Right. Uh, yeah. You could easily just assume, Oh yeah, they're, you know, you cast Wyatt as the son or whatever. Right. Or whoever. Yeah. You know, whatever it was, but, but it sort of ended, it was one of those things where sort of the marketing strategy and, and there were the strikes and sort of nobody knew what we were going to have. The strikes were going to even be over for precedent kind of that yeah. way, but sort of the show had been kind of been initially designed. That would be a little bit of a reveal. Um, um, we're going to try and hide the ball and the flashbacks and all that stuff, but, uh, just mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, so yeah, so yeah, no, it was, I was mostly just stunned that, that you guys had, had, had heard that, but, um, yeah, <laughs> I shouldn't, I shouldn't have been, um, we hear all kinds of knowing your, 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 uh, your, your, your history, your long and sorted history with, uh, <laughs> uh, the internet whisper network should not have surprised me at all. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, being, we hear a lot of stuff in the course of doing this show and most yeah. of it we just can't talk about, which mm. is kind of annoying sometimes. Yeah, no, of yeah. course, of course. You know, yeah. uh, no, we, I mean, it, it's it's amazing that's out there. Uh, it's amazing that uh, people are digging it. It's just great. Like you never know. I think it's great. And and um, I think it, it just kind of keeps getting bigger and better. I think you're going to see some like colors on Kurt that like, you don't really see much. Hmm. Like I really like, just like Kurt is a kind of movie icon is one thing. Kurt is an actor is, is, is another. And like, Oh, right. You really get to see <laughs> right. Kurt as, you know, as an, as an actor, as a performer, rather than just kind of doing, you know, that kind of iconic 
thing he does so eff- like it's just him it's just who he is all the time right um yeah he's he kills in it like oh, yeah. it, i remember when we were watching it like i forget who who said it but we were like he's like really engaging with the material here like oh yeah yeah you yeah. never you never know like somebody somebody like an icon like kurt russell could show up and just collect his paycheck and and you know he could do he could do the effortless version of it but he's like clearly into it oh, and dude. Yeah, he had there's this the, the the apartment they put him up in. He had this kind of crazy like uh, Bruce Wayne dining room table, right? <laughs> yeah, a very a very long table, <laughs> and he had it like we'd go over there and kind of work through production and like, but he had every draft of every script annotated and noted and like wow like i i i have a picture of it somewhere but like i just remember thinking like well no one is ever going to be able to say (laughs) you were just showing up to have fun and and, and because like like he you know part of it was also like just the challenge of how he and wyatt worked together because as like little revisions would happen suddenly wyatt would be like well wait now i know this so he has to know this Mm-hmm. You know, and like they, because they were so into the minutia of how to build that character out over all these decades, they were kind of like our continuity cops. And sometimes, you know, and it was just like they would show up when the other was shooting, even like on their days off just to watch. They would do scenes together. They would like, like, mm-hmm. OK, here now you read it and now I'll read it. And, you know, like and just kind of watching them modulate and, and build the kind of character because, you know, like Wyatt is a. You're gonna really see it in, in 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 episode six, I think. But like, Wyatt is like Gary Cooper, mm-hmm. and Kurt is like Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I, I hope, I think, over the the span of the show, I hope if if we if we're you know, I think you'll see them telling the story of how Gary Cooper became Kurt, and Kurt remembering what it was like to be Gary Cooper. Like it was a it's a it's a really awesome journey that 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 they are just the the fucking linchpins of mm-hmm. um and yeah I'm, I'm glad you're digging it man it's it's thrilling and also it's just it's been five years and relentlessly lonely ultimately you know we we did a because the actors were on strike me and and chris black my you know co-creator and uh, the ep on the show we we and and uh matt shackman director of our first two episodes we were kind of um the press <laughs> you know uh, uh, uh sean connor and her vfx supervisor did some but like it was the people who don't belong in front of camera were, were doing the yeah. PR days. right <laughs> um but and, and at some point i realized like i was as, as uncomfortable as all that was i was enjoying it because i was talking to people who had actually seen the show that weren't involved in the making of it right right, right. and just to have that for the first time I was like oh wow okay people are going to see this and have thoughts about it that's great <laughs> I, there's one thing in particular. We'll, we'll get to the Dark Tower stuff yeah, right yeah. after this, but I have one oh specific question about the show. And that's yeah, yeah. when you're writing the scripts, um, mm-hmm. and when you're plotting out the episodes, like, is there a formula that you decided on in terms of how much of this is going to be human characters versus how much of this is going to be kaiju shit? Because no. it seems like it's. Uh, uh, layered out very specifically to me well i mean i think i think it's because ultimately it 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 for all of the kind of time loops and and narrative discursions it 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 does have a beginning and a middle and an end right Uh Mm. uh-huh and and kind of the thing we realized is like 
oh, just when any of our characters are about to get the thing that they want, that's a great time for a monster to show up and fuck it all up, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, um, but but no, I mean, we we you sort of astutely pointed out, like we the movies do the movies, the movies do spectacle, and like movies are spectacle, right? You you buy a ticket, mm-hmm. you you go out with your friends, you sit in a big auditorium and you see it with a group of people and I'm not, you know, it's a thing you leave TV's a thing you, you bring into your home. You got to invite it in. And, and for that, you just have to be people that you have to like and want to spend time with, you know? Right. Um, so, so also I just think that the worst version of the show would have been a, a, a 10, one hour, <laughs> like small movies. You know what I mean? Right. Mm. Uh, 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 small versions of the MonsterVerse movies that, that, that Legendary did, which is just kind of spectacle on top of spectacle. And just like, like just fr- frankly, we didn't have the money to do that, let alone the answer. Yeah. How do you do that? Also, that's 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 really numbing after a while. So, the, I mean, the oh. idea was to, you know, the cameras in the films are all up in the sky looking down on this kind of massive events. And we're like, okay, in the show, the, the cameras are on the ground looking up. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, 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 the movies are, are, you know, Godzilla stepping on things. The, the show has got to be the people that Godzilla's stepping on. And um, and to kind of tell this really com- hopefully compelling human story about this 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 woman that discovers her father had a secret family. Um, you know, I, I think that it's 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 a story I would want to hear about, even if it didn't involve Monarch and Godzilla. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. 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 Um, yeah, I mean, that's. That's the secret sauce. If you care about the care, it's the same thing that uh, I think uh, most genre has figured out that if you give a shit about the characters in a slasher movie, suddenly it, it elevates it. You know what I mean? It's like right. ver- versus. Between, if, yeah. yeah. Uh, 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 Laurie Strode and literally name any teen from any Friday the 13th film. <laughs> right. No, no. It, it, it fucking exactly right. And that's the thing that that hit me with um, watching Minus One because I find I saw that last night. And it was just like, oh, I'm I'm with Scott. I I'm not. It's I feel bad as a geek because I I try I try so hard to really give a shit about Godzilla stuff, and I have mm-hmm. since I was a teenager. And you know, just none of the I I needed that hook. I yeah, guess is yeah. what I'm saying. So even when I enjoy them on the like, say, destroy all monsters on the fun sure. camp of it, or you know, or the the one where he's fighting the trash bag that represents pollution. Yeah. You know, I mean, there there's a lot of them that are that are fun to watch, but they they just don't stick with me. But the ones that stick with me are the ones where I like I care about the the people. And and to hear you describe, you know, your approach to this reminds me a lot of Spielberg's approach to War of the Worlds. Yeah, and, and that and that perspective is such a brilliant way to to look at um you know uh, an impending disaster whether it's alien invasion you know uh, a climate thing or godzilla which is kind of all of that wrapped into one right, right? right so right. um well, yeah, uh, such yeah. a smart idea to to take that that tact well you know like my, my my approach in like working on the the marvel stuff and writing comics is like like people don't come to these things. You you, you don't read an Iron Man comic because you want to see Iron Man die. You, you read an Iron Man comic because you want to see Iron Man almost die. Mm-hmm. Right. You, right. you want to see how he gets out of it. It's like Houdini. People didn't go see Houdini because they wanted to see a guy drown in a box. They wanted to see yeah. a guy yeah. not drown in a box. So, um, <laughs> Scott, Scott would have wanted to see him drown in a box. I think yeah. a, I think a lot. Of, I think it's kind of you know, like we don't. But let's not kink shame here on, on okay. the. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, okay, no, I think that's that's interesting. That's that's it, that was very much the, the the thing is like when it happened, and the other thing too was like so it was important to us to, to know that like 
when our big Titan set pieces happen, it's got to stand shoulder to shoulder quality wise with the movies, mm-hmm. you know? And so like, all right, so then that's, that's less is more in, in, in that sense. So, you know, so let's really, when it happens, let's make it count. You know, and we had, you know, Sean Conrad, our, our, our VFX guy, was like on the team for the Gareth Edwards 2014 thing. Like he has been involved innately in making all this stuff real. Right. Kind of uh-huh. So it was, it was, you know, as a part of the legendary MonsterVerse stuff, it had to stand shoulder to shoulder with that stuff. So it was more like, all right, well, then rather than do 10 watered down moments that would sort of look more like X-Files in 1997 than Godzilla versus Kong or whatever, let's let's make it count when it fucking counts, you know? Yeah. That's why I was asking about this to begin with, because what I picked up on in the first few episodes was like, okay, so you're guaranteed one absolute banger set piece with the monsters somewhere along in here. And then there's some other stuff kind of sprinkled in, but that seemed to be like, and I assume this is a budgetary thing. And you said you, you know, you wouldn't have had the budget to like do something like that, just wall to wall, but a it's better this way. It makes you give a shit about the characters. Well, I mean, the writing does and the acting. And, and oh, the yeah. Acting, the, we have the, but, our cast is amazing. Yeah, but the show looks like, fuck, I don't know what your budget was, but it looks insanely good. Like yeah, it was it was it was generous. Like it was it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. a, 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 I don't want to sound like I'm pleading poverty, but just the reality right. of how much CG on that scale costs is like mm-hmm. it's, it's profound, you know? Sure. And also like it just became, it became a function of the narrative you know, like every time we would get kind of in the, the, the grass of where, where are we again? Where's who wants what? Like the, the question, like we wrote it on, on one of the whiteboards in the writer's room. like, where's dad? Uh-huh. Like, that's always the question when we get stuck and we get lost or who wants this or where are we going here? The question is like, where's dad? They're going to like, that's it. This is just about them chasing their dad. Right. And, and, and then having these big monster moments, inconvenience them at the worst possible time you know mm-hmm. and, and then it, it and, and also like even if we did do there's a it would just get like it gets repetitive right because then it becomes monster of the week and and and, and right. not only monster of the week but like when you've reduced godzilla to monster of the week or whatever mm-hmm. like it's just very oh hmm. you know so like yeah. episode five I, I don't believe like the one that just came out like there's no titans in that one and it's but it's one of the heaviest most it's it's weird you would swear there was something in there but it's it's really mm-hmm. about the trauma and recovery and you know all that kind of stuff and so like hopefully we have i don't know I'm, i mean i i hope a lot of really smart and talented people worked hard to make it work so hopefully it it, it works and like i know there's always gonna be people who are gonna like wish well why, why isn't this a 10 hours of of monster movie and like yeah no i get it i get it it's just not what this is you know um yeah that's like that's too much of a good thing anyway like yeah, yeah but you know some, some people like this some people like the just crunch berries you know um, yeah. um like uh, i there, you couldn't get me to tune in and watch just an hour of fucking kaiju action every week like i'd be like okay i, I get it i've seen yeah, it that's that's, that's why god gave us the aew you know um, <laughs> <laughs> yes all right well congratulations on the show thank you sir thank you, you know it's 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 great and uh you know i'm I'm hoping you guys get another season. I don't know if that's been announced yet. Maybe it has, and I've missed it. But, um, you know, just fucking job well done, man. Thank you. Great Thank job. You. Well, we, it, it, we we hope we get more, too. Um, I think I think we're going to get more. We got lots of more, more stories to tell. Yes. All right. Now, let's 
Let's get down to brass tacks here. Yeah. <laughs> We're here today. Enough of this bullshit. Let's get on the Dark Tower. <laughs> yeah. Godzilla or King Kongs or whatever his name is. Uh, yes, we are here to discuss Wolves of the Kala. Yeah. Um, as uh, as uh, we, we, I think we were talking about this before we went on the air, but the uh, the the distance between books. This is another one where this follows a six year absence of no Dark Tower books. There were six years, and then Wizard and Glass came out, and then there was another six years, and then unusually, uh, the final three Dark Tower books came out in, in relatively rapid succession. I think over the next year or and change. Yeah. Um, you didn't have to experience any of that because you're just reading these at your, at your leisure after they're already been published. Right. Well, and and this is definitely the one too, where like, like reading it at my leisure has kind of put me in, it has done me a disservice. Mm -hmm. Um, um, it's definitely the boy you're, I mean, I think, I think you said that there's a demarcation point between books four and five, you know, like, like it's one thing and now it's another. Um, um, and not only is it, is it sort of, I, I did myself a disservice by reading it in fits and starts over a long period uh-huh. and, and, and it's been a while now since I have put it down. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I was trying to like scrub through and like, oh, right. It's just, there's so much in this. Right. It's uh, even, yeah. I mean, I guess I don't even like, so there's a kind of metafiction happening although i don't mean it in the kind of postmodern sense like this is really sort of the first i think and it's clear that this is where we're, we're going it's been it's really clear by the end yeah like this is the dark tower book that is also about all the other dark tower books yeah. yes um it's starting to like remix itself and and you know it's almost like sliding doors sometimes Mm-hmm. You know, like it does that sort of, oh, we're back in the place and it's a different time, but it's a little sideways and very lost, right? Like it's kind of in the side, the the, the, yeah. the multiversal kind of thing. It's also a, a book about books. It's a book about storytelling. Everybody in this book is a fucking storyteller. Mm-hmm. Um, I've now, we've, I've confessed this on, on the show before, but I'm, I'm, here's my bad geek uh, uh, thing. I uh, do not care for Lord of the Rings. I've not read it. I've not seen <laughs> it. <laughs> the, the minute uh, the minute an elf gets on a horse, I fall asleep. <laughs> but, but I, you know, just sort of through cultural osmosis, I feel like this is probably very Tolkien esque in terms mm. of like it, there's a lot of meals. There's, there's a lot of people sitting around and discussing plans mm-hmm. before there's executing people, it, right? And there's and there's stories right. being told and and songs and a fucking dance number. Um, <laughs> you know uh so if, whoever had you know roland does a river dance on their dark tower bingo card congratulations because yeah <laughs> perhaps he dances the kamala come on per, perhaps the most shocking thing in the entire book is <laughs> roland dances um and wins the crowd oh, yeah that's the, the crowd you, like yeah. footloose with his sweet moves yes um before yes. we go on i want to i want to loop back yeah. to something you said just a moment ago and yeah, yeah get some clarity on it. You know, you're, we're talking about that demarcation line, right? Between mm-hmm. the first four bucks and then these last three. And you said it's, it was one thing and now it's another. What are those two things in your mind right now? Yeah, it, 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 it I'm, I think that's, it, it feels like a very single-minded kind of quest story. And then it, 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 it grows and expands and kind of hits this, 
punctuation point or this sort of inflection point of 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 becoming um I don't know, maybe it's maybe it's more like three books one book and three books yes you know i would uh, agree with um, that with uh with the uh, 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 wizard and glasses because yeah. it's, it's sort of a, a, a prolong like it's really kind of a prequel you know it is and, you it's know it's almost entirely in flashback it is it's in the it middle of the series yeah it's sort of you know it, it and i think there's also a thing there's part of the difficulty I'm having in, 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 in really even thinking about this book is it, it is it, it almost as much as, as wizard and glass had a kind of standalone sort of sense to it. But this uh, feels very much like, uh, 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 I'm even blanking on the fucking titles now. That's how, how fried I am. But like, this just feels like a massive book that's cut rather than a, I guess it. I guess not really true, but it, it it feels like oh, this and the next two. I have a feeling will read as one seamless, gigantic novel. Kind of yes, pretty much right. yeah. Oh, which I think yeah. is kind of the point, right? And also, this is post car accident. Yes. So yeah. this is this is this is post Uncle Stevie staring down the, the the big sleep and coming out of it realizing I have to finish my life's work. Exactly yeah. this right. Yeah, he's just writing like a like he's on fire, um, and, it, and yeah, I, I, I like it's it's I, I feel it's hard to talk about it because I feel like I got to read the next two before I can figure yeah. this out in some way. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'd like to remind the listeners if you're just tuning in for this one and haven't been following along on on Matt's uh, journey, the whole point is that he's reading these the series fresh and recording these episodes without knowing what's coming up. So, so we're, we're, we'll do, you know, we'll do our best to not spoil anything coming up in song of Susanna or the dark tower, um, uh, format and for anybody listening. Cause I know that there's a lot of folks that are kind of reading along with you. We hear from uh, them all the time. And oh, wow. so we've actually had to rein in our, our, we were a lot more casually, uh, spoilery about dark tower before right. you started doing this. Uh, right. Right. And then we were hearing from people who were like, no, I'm actually reading now. So please cut that shit out. Yeah. And uh, we're like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but, yeah but there was a, but there, but there was a real feeling like wastelands and wizard and glass were kind of felt like, Oh, like there's a like wait a minute really the end of wastelands is the start of wizard and glass yeah you know um um so it, you know it, it has this very kind of serial cliffhanger kind of feel now yeah um and now we sort of we skipped wind through the keyhole which is yes. kind of uh, uh and that was like a he did that like after the the series had been done <clears throat> kind of yes, a, a, like, a, like a novella set between four and five all right um, but yeah, no, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, and it's, 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 it's part of the, part of my problem with like fantasy is when words mean other things. And there's these kind of bits of made up pigeon languages kind of sprinkled mm -hmm. in, yep. you know, it's very into its own myth at this point. Um, it, it, I, I mean, I can't imagine I mean, like, this is sort of like we said right before, I think you started recording, but like, if you weren't reading and rereading these the entire time, every time a new one would come out it would feel like you would have to go back and start over. Like, yes. Like, and that that's six exactly years, what I did. You know, the, 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 the six years between wizard and glass and wolves or, or, you know, Oh my God, how it's so dependent on everything you would, you know, like there's just, yeah. switch. or he'll, he'll bring a thing up and there's a crazy weird, it's interesting. Like these kind of strange set pieces in some of the earlier books that are, you know, sure. Like the giant bear or whatever. You're like, Oh sure. There's just a giant bear with a satellite that's sticking out of its head or whatever. 
Um, oh no, it turns out not so random. Right. You know, not like there was there, whether or not it was a plan at the time, like it, he, he is tying these, these things are all accruing meaning, you know, the more and more you, you read like, yeah. And, and it becomes metafictionally about Stephen King and Stephen King's books. And, you know, as we're in, you know, there's this kind of the, the King and Crimson, like who we've heard about. I don't think we really got any action. I think it's like, like just like a flyer, right? I think we just kind of a reference yeah. to it. And now there's this kind of Crimson King and like, it's impossible, especially with the end of this one, not to think like, oh, that's Stephen King. Mm. Like that's, that's, that's clearly, you know, there's a, cause you know, a, a, to leap ahead to the kind of the end of this book is you've got a character from a Stephen King book finding the book in which he appeared mm-hmm. authored by Stephen King. It's like, okay, we are, <laughs> here we go. Through the looking glass. Yeah, very, very much so. Um, I, I think a lot of what you're, you're talking about that feeling, uh, I felt it too at the time and I still feel it now. And I'm, you know, y- you'd be hard pressed to find uh, people who love Dark Tower as much as uh, Wampler and I do. But I think that we are pretty much in agreement that there's a simplicity to the first three particularly and even four now like looking at it in context yeah there's kind of a simplicity and a lot of that pigeon language you were talking about kind of starts popping up in four where we're getting the the history the Mm -hmm. prequel when you're in the the and magus and Mm -hmm. you know and it has their own language but it really fucking takes off here and and it it is something that you you got to be careful that it doesn't shake you off because yeah so much of the first three books are about this is a world we recognize a little bit. It's different and it's weird, but it could be, it could be our world. You know, right. for all we know, this is our world until we start coming across Nozala and, you know, signs and shit, you know, where yeah, yeah. we realize it's just kind of adjacent to our yeah. world or whatever. Well, and then I think here's just, where it kind of feels, it yeah. feels more of that fantasy world you were talking about. Yeah. I think there's, there's this kind of the genius thing is that, three or three of our characters don't belong here and don't know what the shit means either. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, and Callahan has been here long enough that he's got some of it, but not all of it, you know? So like, like there's, it's not like, uh, it's not like that kind of clunky thing of, you know, he held the bleep blorp, which is a thing similar to a screwdriver or whatever, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like it's, it's sort of, there's, there's enough context, but like there are times when, when it was, you know, kind of the high speech stuff kicks in and it's just like, Oh man, this is, this is, this is all the stuff that kept me away from Tolkien. But that deepener shit. Yeah, yeah. But also, but, but, but in King's hands, like it's, 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 it, it, it works. I mean, in part because the, the, the story is so propulsive. Yes. Um, and, and they're like, that's the, my, there's a kind of a thing that happens like repeatedly where like characters will just zone out. Yeah. From, like, all the storytelling or whatever. And then it's like, Eddie hadn't been listening for 20 minutes or whatever. Right, right. Right. Thing, it's like, fuck. All right. He, he's aware of it. Right. Like it's, but it's, that sort of like, this is stuff that the genre demands. Um, he does right. it very well, but it's, it's, it's like, there's no accessing this book cold. Like you've mm. got to start at the beginning to get here. You, you know right. what I mean? Like, I think you could probably jump into at least, drawing of the, I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not, but this, I don't know that this would be satisfying or even interesting to anyone that hadn't been. No, it wouldn't make any fucking sense. Right. Right. It absolutely wouldn't. And even if it's, I think looking back at this particular entry in the series, I think that, um, I think it is a little overstuffed, 
but I think that if I have a if I have a bigger note for the book than that, it's that in trying to connect everything, it sort of goes down the road that um, Star Wars eventually did. Where it starts feeling like the fucking galaxy far, far away is a lot smaller than it initially seemed. Like when the bookstore owner owns the lot and like Balazar is like trying to buy it to fucking, uh, you know, take it over for the Sombra Corporation. It's like. Yeah. And then the bookstore guy is the guy that saved Callan. And yeah, no, it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it's a little it's a little bit like Darth Vader built C3PO, like that kind of shit to me. Yeah. I'm I'm not I don't I don't love that about it, but as, as you say, like um this this stuff is sort of necessary for the job at hand and it's palatable in a way to me because it's king that I probably wouldn't put up with. Yeah. Um, from a lesser writer or right. in Star Wars or whatever. Well, I think there's there's something structural about kind of sagas like this where once you pass the halfway point the game board can't get bigger yes mm. now it's got to all Very true. You know, so i think that's sort of the the part of the thing is like well now we've we, we've built the, the world is built at the halfway mark right? The, right the the game board can't expand anymore so now it's time to tie it all up and right um and that inevitably that that that's a contraction of sorts right right well um, it, this book this book is the and now what Right. So we're five books into the series at this point. The first four, really, the, it's, it's the th- first three, but then it dovetails into four because four is all about Roland going, I've pulled my quartet. This, these are my companions on this journey. The, the fellowship is complete. Right. Right. And the first three books are all about that. And then book four is about like, but before I can be your leader, you have to know this about me. And that's what book four is. And so there's a resolution. There is this feeling at the end of Wizard and Glass that everything is, you know, all the good guys are set. The chess pieces are there. They're moving. Now they're moving towards the tower. And then book five is, and what is that? What now what? Right. right. Now right. what do they do? Um, and there's something that this book will always have a um, a place in my heart because um, it is the quartet finally as one working together yeah yeah on a mission and in in this one it's a mission for good if um if if you if people need a a refresher this is essentially the dark tower seven samurai right, right. so they're right. yeah that's the other thing we, we've talked about everything but the actual fucking plot of the book, plot of the book which, yeah. runs, <laughs> on, which runs on greased rails yeah. yeah. So in, in it's, you know, a small town uh, has a history, kind of a cyclical history of their children getting taken a little it and sprinkled in there for good measure, um, where this town, for whatever reason, is spawning. Everybody has twins or triplets. And once every other generation or so, there's a uh, um, uh, there. There are these creatures that come out. Uh, they look like wolves and cloaks on on horses. And they come in and they steal one of the the two, one of the sets of twins, takes them away. You don't know what happens. Then they end up coming back what they call root, which means they're they're physically bigger. They're mentally uh, not where they were before. Uh, They have medical issues. They die young. They're not the same. They don't come back the same from wherever they're taken. Um, And this town, uh, Kala, is... Uh, you know, is just on the path of the beam and the gunslingers are essentially recruited and asked to help, help, uh, save them from the wolves this time. And that is the, the setup for this. And almost the entire book is 
Roland convincing the town that yes, he can help, convincing his quartet that they it's their duty bound to help, and then ninety percent of the book is the planning of what's going to happen, just like uh, Seven Samurai. It's like this is what we need to do. This is how the people in the town can step you keep up. Keep saying Seven us. Samurai. I think you mean Three Amigos, but yes. Oh yes, for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, the too that it, we're, you're surprisingly far in the book. Like like it kind of keeps coming up. And hey, and if you don't want to do it, then we leave. Yeah, you're not like it, it's it's of course it's going to happen, but like it's it's uh, for for those being on the path of the beam, Roland is kind of leaving the decision in the hands of the quartet to like if, if yeah. we're not into it, we're not. In, which kind of becomes a theme of the book, right? Like the quartet's broken. Like, like we think it's we're fracturing, yeah, it's it's fra- fracturing. Yeah. which 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 kind of which kind of you know it's another thing that that like it sucks a little bit because we spent all this time getting everybody together and then. That's probably my biggest complaint, and this spills over a little bit into the next book. Again, I won't uh, spoil anything, but it's like we get we spent all this time getting this group together, and we get essentially two thirds of a book where they're working together, and then like already something starts happening to Susanna, and yeah. and you know a, a new personality is forming, and and the fracturing of the quartet already fucking starts yeah. the Please. second that they're together, yeah. you know, and working as a team. And and there's something in me I just wish that there would have been a book where they were just on, you know, work a happy family working right. towards that, that, that path. Um, uh, it may, maybe that's unrealistic and dramatically that would be inert, but right, like right. for me, I, I feel like, like a, that that's one thing that I feel is missing from the dark tower as the whole is that you spend all this time. So invested in Eddie and Jake and Oi and Susanna and like in, and build and roll into this kind of, you know, figurehead of the of this group of badasses and he's training them and then you know and then they already start breaking breaking apart as, as a group yeah. on their first mission you know I think it's, it's really interesting to me though that like it it doesn't it, so they're kind of thematically like there's i mean it's it's sort of the real life of it right like there's never you know i'd give everything anything for a a quiet year where nothing happens but like <laughs> right. not, not life right and none of it starts off as consciously you know it's it's kind of about that like like every it, it, it like no we can't keep things to ourselves when like this it's, that's kind of contra the idea of 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 the quartet right and what that means and how it should work and that's like hey if you're worried about a thing you can't keep it to yourself past a certain right. point and like it's all the best of intentions uh, uh but worry becomes secrets right and, right and 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 all that like so that's really interesting and i think this feels to me in, in ways i'm not entirely sure i can articulate but like in this kind of thematic concerns of King, it, it, he's really talking about children here. Mm-hmm. It's really a book about parenthood. Yeah. Uh, Roland, there's some of my favorite bits of writing in this, and it's, it's just really lovely and evocative is Roland seeing Jake kind of on the threshold of manhood. And in, in, in fact, by the end of the book, we'll, we'll call Jake a man. Um, um, but like gives him a cigarette. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. Smoke up Johnny. But there's a, there's a thing of like, it's, it's, it's that like Jake is on the threshold of like still wanting to be a boy. He's had to grow up too fast, but you know, also having these adult responsibilities, but also just simply being mature, right. Having experienced these things and sort of Roland watches Jake begin the painful process of putting away childish things. And like, is Susanna pregnant? What does pregnancy mean? And like the, just the metaphor of a, 
of a of an infant that eats the mother alive. Yeah, mm-hmm. from the end, like can, literally consumes them. Like, like, oh, that's a pretty trenchant metaphor for motherhood to to a lot of 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 of, of in, 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 in you know at least a lot of new mothers I have known in in my life. You know, just that sort of overwhelming experience of of childhood changing who you are. You know, of of, of having a child of 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 birth and and motherhood. Uh, just that act changing everything. Yeah. Um. Um. And there's there's the, the the concern about losing children and and you know the, the the what the wolves do and I don't know there's 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 something throughout this entire book about the the kind of psychic burden of, of parenthood and just the kind of the the fear the, the the long shadow that kind of fear can can put over your lives where it's all just worry you know it's yeah. all just anxiety. Um, um, yeah, not wanting to fuck up and not make yeah. the the wrong. I mean, most of this book is convincing the town that it's better not to to give up one of their children, you know, right, right, uh, also, and, and to stand and fight, you know. And but the worry is that if they stand and fight, then everybody dies. So yeah, yeah. yeah. And and the other thing of, of of like just like oh, would you love your child less if they had some sort of chromosomal issue right. that would you know sort of. Uh, 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 you know, it's 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 tough to think of 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 any child as ruined. Um, right. um, but you know, but that's sort of like I, I don't know. Like, there's 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 a lot going on here. But I, I think too, if like we're really getting into post accident existential analysis, King and this sort of like this is his magnum opus, and this is his thing about everything. I mean, we've talked about writing we've talked about love we've talked about addiction we talked there's an astonishing novella in the middle of there maybe it's really a fucking novel there's a callahan story the callahan story is a fucking yeah. people to salem's lot embedded into this yeah. novel and it's, yeah and it's a it's a gorgeous it's as, it's as um sharply observed and painful and real story of recovery uh, 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 from and and alcoholism as I've ever read, but also a fucking kick-ass sequel to Salem's Lot. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. But it's a great metaphor, right? It's a right. Yeah. It's it's a drinking, right? Can't stop drinking. That's the metaphor, right? Um, so like it's it's it, but like I said, it, it also very much just kind of feels like oh yeah, there's there's another. I guess the next one is relatively shorter, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty short relative but pretty short relative yeah to not not to pre-color your opinion but it's probably a little too short yeah. um, but you know but at this opinion, point we're, yeah. we're we're clear there's 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 probably about a thousand pages of the story left yeah um well uh, there's this one's like 700 pages the next one's about four and the final one is like 900 to a thousand yeah yeah okay so we're you know but, but we're definitely it, it's past the halfway point you know sure. like it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's 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 the end it's it's starting to kind of you know, it's it's interesting. My almost almost it was true of his earlier work. It's less true of his modern stuff. If I, but by modern, I guess sort of post accident work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it is it for me? I've I've always felt like his his books lose something in the endings. Um, and part of it just might be my own tastes as a as as, as a person. You know, um, I would. You know, I know that we've we've had a little bit of discussion, kind of off mic, about from a Buick Eight, and I feel like if you cut the last fifteen pages of Buick Eight out, it's his masterpiece, um, and it's also the perfect David Lynch. Thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's very, you know, like yes. uh, uh, So it's 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 curious that now that this kind of 
we're in the ending of his magnum opus. Like, I can't wait to see where really mm. the next thousand pages are is is ending. You One know, thing I want to yeah. ask you about is, and this was I, I remember this inspiring some debate um, amongst the people that I knew who read Dark Tower back when this came out, but um, the the sheer number of pop culture elements that, mm-hmm. that bleed into the story here, you know, um, it's not like it hasn't happened before in this right. series. Right. You know, there's an explicit wizard of Oz homage yeah. in, in the fourth book, but here you've got the wolves are dressed up like Dr. Doom. There's fucking lightsabers. They've got the Harry Potter sneeches or whatever the hell they're called. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, what did, what did you make of all that? It's it's funny the um, the Harry Potter one is the only one that dates, and that's sort of because of sort of who Rowling has kind of become recently. And it kind of yeah. it feels like it's it's set a a, a little wobble into what's going to happen with those books and as generations go on, right? But like from my own experience, one of the things that I I regret and hate um, about my own writing is when I make too contemporary a reference, hmm. you know, because it's 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 easy in the moment to. Yeah, it's sort of like the Oxford English Dictionary de- declaring "riz" is the word of the year. You know, it, it would be like it would be like saying, "Oh no, it's it's ginchy is the word of the year," or um, you know, uh, uh, you know, whatever kind of thing. It, it's 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 a little short sighted. I think the yeah. thing that works well is that that almost everything he talks about here has a kind of patina of a of a classic, whether it's Watership Down or Wizard of Oz or. It, it, he wasn't talking about the steel wheels, Rolling Stones. He was talking about fucking, you know, honky tonk women and nineteenth <laughs> nervous breakdown, painted black, right, right. Hey Jude, uh, someone yeah. saved my life tonight, right? Like, like, and if you can listen to that Elton John song without weeping, you know, you're a better man than I could get then. Um, it's always been in his work. I mean, it's always a thing that I've loved about his work because it makes it real. But like, the trick I've found just as a writer is like, you got to pick the right vintage. Hmm. You know, I remember. Um, writing a Punisher book uh, uh, and I, I had him. He was dabbing. He was dabbing. That's right. Yeah. Um, and it was like, you know what? I think this is going to last forever. He was doing the yeah. floss dance and dabbing. Yes. I remember that issue. Well, yeah. Um, oh, I, 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 I he referred to Russell Johnson, um, uh, the actor who played the professor on Gilligan's Island. Hmm. Um, um, just kind of in his own internal monologue and then, and then thought to himself how, how, how funny he was like, it's something like writing that like scared me the idea that there's a world where the Punisher cleans his guns and watches Gilligan's Island (laughs) (laughs) like super scares me. Um, and then like a couple issues later referred to a song that I had been, was listening to sort of a contemporary song I was listening to a lot at the moment. Gangnam, Gangnam style. Gangnam style. And I yeah. don't think it has stood the test of time. So when you read it, it suddenly just dates the book, right? Something like a Russell Johnson reference is it's, it's already to antiquity. So it doesn't date the book. Right. But, uh, but a thing of, but, but yeah, but, uh, uh, <laughs> gosh, I sure do love that Gangnam style. Um, immediately like, Oh, this is, what is that? You know, it, it's, it's, it dates it and stuff like that. So I appreciate the balance with which, I, or not even balanced. Just it's it's all stuff of a vintage, you know. The things that are referred to had a kind of classicism to that, or whatever you know, whatever I mean. Like like it doesn't bother me because it's it's so clearly this. I mean, I, I mean, I think he does it well because it's all stuff that 
you know, Nineteenth Nervous Breakdown is always painted black. Is always going to be painted black. You know, it's it wasn't a pop hit and like oh I hope people remember this in five years. But as the kind of multiverse compresses in on itself and collapses, yeah, it just it tracks. It makes sense as much as as much as there being a um, a President Agnew supporting NASA terraforming the moon or whatever it was, right? <laughs> right. Like, like it's just it, oh right, it all kind of everything's getting crushed together. I also, for the first time, realized that he set a scene uh, um, when they're walking through, they're walking out of Topeka, which is clearly the the, the center of, I'm, I'm, I'm certain the tower is going to end up in Topeka somehow, but uh, <laughs> they're walking through Gage Park. And I used to live off Gage Park, but I did you bringing up not wanting to talk about Pet Cemetery anymore made me realize like, oh, right. The kid's name was Gage. Right. I don't know if that means anything, but suddenly it means something, right? Right. Like to be suddenly everything means something in these books because it's this sort of idea of all of the creation of all of time and space is getting crushed down into this diamond. So everything's just on the wind. Right. There um, actually no, I, I don't is, understand how it could bug the shit out of people, but I'm, I'm not one of those people. <laughs> right. There actually is a direct, a more direct connection between cemetery and dark tower, but it, it happens via insomnia and Oh, oh fuck you. There's uh <laughs> Like in, I think it's in the layer of the little bald doctors or something. There's all yeah. these like cast off sort of souvenirs from people whose lifelines have been cut or something. And mm -hmm. one of Gage's shoes. Oh, the one that he gets knocked off by the truck. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's, it's and then insomnia is directly connected to the dark tower. Because yeah. It introduces the Crimson yet. King. Yeah. 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 What? Yeah. Um, but, but it's, it, I, I will say, at, at this point, you don't need to read Insomnia yeah. for, yeah, no, for, no, for I, what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, um, because yeah. that's the uh, other thing. It's not like he stopped writing. It's not like he finished The Dark Tower. was like, all right, well, I'm done. Then you're done. Yeah, no, for sure. And, in, and if anything, I think there's a case that could be made that finishing this, whether it was working in a mode that King maybe doesn't normally, you know, isn't known for, doesn't, I mean, he had done some kind of fantasy stuff hither and yon you know and you could argue yeah. that all of his stuff is kind of always kind of kissing cousins of that shit but like do you think he could have done billy summers or mr mercedes you know, fuck, in any of these kind of if he hadn't put this to bed yeah if he hadn't yeah. sort of like does yeah. this i wonder I, does this free him to go to those places in his writing more mm. more frequently like you know, uh, something like Billy Summers where there's nothing supernatural. You know, it's kind of where I, I, I kind of had tuned out of Mr. Mercedes there towards the end is it kind of became supernatural. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, oh, I've got Holly. Have you guys read Holly yet? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's fucking How, great. I, I can't wait. I can't wait. It's, it's just a barn burner. You're going to, yeah, you're going to love it. Uh, yeah, especially I love her so much. And he oh, so clearly yeah. loved her. Yeah. Um, yeah, can't it's wait. like you'll you'll blow through that in a few sittings. It's 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 a page turn. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. No, it it, it, yeah. it feels like if I if I have to fly to New York, I'm bringing that, and I'll be to answer your question. I think that it's possible that he still could have moved on if he had taken his time finishing it out. Um, and I'm really curious what that level of the tower looks like because one thing that I love so much about these books is they are all very much a product of 
uh, or sorry, a reflection of King as the author at the time he was writing them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So gunslinger, you know, is the young and hungry King. This oh, is yeah. him, you know, and, and like a teenager. Some of those chapters, right? Some, like some, some of the, he started writing. Yeah. It, before he became famous, you know, he releases like, Oh, this is too weird for mainstream. So it's right. only going to go to this really limited publisher. And it started gaining its life. But when he was doing drawing of the three, that's when he was in the middle of his, uh, you know, kind of peak, you know, maybe the cocaine era. Peak yeah. Yeah. Of, no, we talked about that a lot, right? That, yeah. That and all that. Absolutely. An addiction story. Yeah. And and one of the one of the criticisms that I have of the Dark Tower as a series, and again as somebody who loves it with all my heart, is that by doing books five, six, and seven back to back to back, we only really get the snapshot of King post accident in that decade or so right. post accident. That writing is all very. There's something to it, and I I really wish I was smart enough to put my finger on it. But you look at something like Dreamcatcher; it's just a little sloppier. It's a little more muddled it's a little bit less you know this is a car that fucking kills people this is a, a yeah. an addiction story wrapped around a haunted hotel like this is you know there, there was something about the clarity of the early <clears throat> like say the first 15 years of, of stephen king's work um and and a piece of me is just a, like a little sad that the three whole books the final three books are all in this one period of time which i don't view as king's strongest period as an author i think he was re- refining his feet oh yeah like, I after think, I think being own, rattled I, to his core almost dying and grappling with that too. you know yeah. it's like um and i again i like warts and all i love these last three books yeah. like you know but a piece of me wishes like what would have what would a book six have felt like if he had written it around the time he did say uh, 11 right. and what mm. a book seven was around the time he did revival like how mm. much of like because each of those li- little vignettes he his voice changes slightly he, the the way he writes um you know is always engaging but there's just a slight different flavor to it. Like he's using a different spice but I in, think, in cooking, you know, um, I, I'm obviously I've, uh, you know, it's, um, I'm, it's foolish of me to, to talk about where I think things are headed, but, right. but I wonder if in that velocity and sort of making, does the dark tower stand as a kind of magnum opus up to the point of that accident? If I never write anything again, I have finished this. So it is about, this is about everything like like does the dark tower stand as a before and after point in his career because i wonder like like he didn't have to write the dark tower anymore to understand what he was writing or what he was writing about mm. right i can now do eleven twenty two sixty three, right i can yeah, like there's just I, we've, we've talked about this before but like the baller move of like look there's there's two time travel stories you're going to save jfk you're going to kill hitler Right. And just the fucking baller move of being like, oh, yeah, this is the save JFK one. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Fuck me. You're just showing up and be, it's it's like showing up and, and picking up a guitar and like, you know, whatever. What, here's some, I'm just going to play the most simple thing in the world and just fucking killing it. Right. right. Um, but but, I, but I'm so curious. I'm really wondering because I, like, I, like I know just enough about the end to make me really curious about it. But I, but mm. I, I would love to hear him. Now, so almost 20 years after finishing, close to 20 years after finishing, like next time he's on, you guys should add, like, like, what does that mean to you looking in the rearview mirror? Mm. You know, like, do you, does it, how did you feel having finished this? Does it affect, does this not having to go back to Gilead or the world of the tower to not have to walk the path of the beam anymore or not have to tell the story about walking the path of the beam? Like, right. have you just realized you're on the path of the beam. 
and now you can do whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. It feels very like I'm stoned and trying to articulate. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is like we just watched 2001 and we're we're fucking smoking weed laying on a car roof. Yeah, know, yeah, which I don't mean to, but it, I just sort of have the, you know just uh, it's I'm getting to the point that now this is feeling like a story about a writer trying to understand his own writing hmm. that like, Oh, I my own experience of looking back at my work and, um, uh, uh, what I see and think about it. Like, I would love to hear him. Like, what does it mean that you're done with this? You know, like how, how did it, how did finishing it affect your work? You know, like, I have this experience of whenever I go back and I look at my old work, I can see what I was dealing with. Hmm. It's it a good question. Fucking Iron Man punching a bunch of robots. And I'll know like, oh, I was worried about whatever, you know, like I could see, oh, this is, this is when Kel was pregnant. My dad had cancer. This is, I know it's Iron Man shooting a, a robot in the face, but I, this is what I'm, you know, but I, I don't know it at the time. Right. But I can go back and look at the stuff and see what I was doing. Right. I wonder right. if, you know, building on this thought, um, if this is your magnum opus, you know, and you finish it 20 years ago. You know, I'm sure he does feel a certain way about that. I, I think you're right. And I, that's what I think makes it a good question. But I what I'm wondering is if there's any sort of postpartum depression that goes on. With yeah, oh, there has to be. Right. And if maybe right. if so, if when through the keyhole was him kind of working through that, like, oh, yeah. maybe just one more. Just to yeah, yeah. really get it out of my system. You know, it's. You know, I had a fascinating thing to consider uh, uh, not to like, I don't know why I'm talking about Iron Man so much today, but, you know, I would I spent, I think, four or five years on that, but whatever it was, it sort of wrote the most on unir- like no other writer has had that many Iron Man, mm-hmm. you know, like have the longest consecutive run or whatever. But like, it was a, a th- there was a thing where I would read about new and interesting technologies that were on the horizon or theoretical. And then I would have to figure out ways to kill a lot of people with them and then figure out ways to have Iron Man punch it. <laughs> it, was a very, yeah. it was a very dark place to be for a long time, you know, yeah. uh, like between that and sex criminals, look, I, if I'm not on every list, <laughs> like, like, like we've either, you know, I, it's, it's, it's horrifying either way, either I'm on every list or I'm on none of the lists and either one is a terrifying, the system has failed, right? Yeah. Yeah. But like, Oh, how would you blow up the biggest dam in China? You know, <laughs> things like, that. like, just, just like, what? but, um, but I, but it, it took a really long time for me to be able to read about nascent or emergent technologies and not think about how would you kill a bunch of people with this? Uh, or even just sensing when I like my collaborator was going to be hungry for more pages. I'd know like, Oh, Sal is going to need pages soon, you know, cause he was a relentless machine. It was like being chased for five years. <laughs> um, um, uh, and I love him, but it was like being chased. Uh, uh, so that sort of feeling of like, Oh, it took a long time to step out of that. It took a long time for me just to read about some new cool thing and not think, okay, now how does Dr. Doom use this to take over the Marvel universe or whatever, you know? So I'd imagine it was weird being quote done unquote. And look, I mean, maybe going back and doing one of the keyhole is, is proof. He's maybe never done and could always kind of dance between those raindrops. But, um, but you know, look at, look at what happens to his work after he finishes you know, it gets really interesting. It's yeah. really, you know, whether it's the color, like he, like doing the Colorado kid, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, you're free to do this. Yeah, man. Yeah. Rock and roll. Have this, you know, he, he goes back to Richard Bachman, right? Yeah. Um, um, wasn't, didn't he do the first Bachman? Oh no, I guess he did regulators and right. 
Yeah, and Blaze. he did that before. Yeah, that was yeah, Desperation yeah. Regulators in the mid '90s, and he yeah. did release another Bachman book, but it was one that he had uh, he had written uh, really early on and never published, and right, so right. I think he just threw his name on it. Right. Okay. So Bachman still kind of stayed dead, but but I get I get the point that you're making where it's like it, maybe it, birthing the Dark Tower is kind of what led to that little renaissance that began, I think with 11, 22, 63. Yeah. And I, um, I think he's yeah. still in it. You know, I think, I think proof, I think Holly is proof of that. Just the existence oh, yeah. of Holly, um, that, that he is in such a place where he's like, no, you know what? I love her. I didn't get to spend enough time with her, you know? Yeah. She um, was meant to be some side character that I'd never think twice about probably after that first book. And, yeah. but something grabbed him, grabbed him about her. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I mean, maybe it's commercially not as his thing, but like if Alice from Billy Summers comes back, he so yeah. he loved her by the end. I think that's really interesting too, is for a guy who got a lot of, um, uh, catches a lot of flack about the, 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 at least the luck of, I mean, I look, no one in Stephen King books are lucky, but about his kind of treatment of, of, of women, that he writes. I think he writes some of his best women after he finishes the dark tower, at least in the ones that I have read, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think the, I don't know. I think he, he, he got a better handle on that even earlier than I, that. I think it's true. I think Susanna, I mean, just this, the, all of, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I it's not necessarily well, here. I'm th- well, here I'm thinking of, um, Rose matter, uh-huh. Dolores Claiborne, yeah. yeah, you know this this run that he had in the mid '90s where he was he was centering Gerald's female, game. Car- yeah, yeah, Gerald's a girl, game. girl who loved Tom. Court. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. it's, it's, and yeah, I, yeah, I, I think that it was a very conscious effort on his part. I, I don't, I mean, if it wasn't, it, then it's a remarkable coincidence that he had this stretch of of novels during that period where he really put himself through his paces in terms of creating. Uh, uh, really strong female characters. Yeah. And um, so I don't know. I don't know necessarily know that that one. Uh, yeah. I don't think I don't think yeah, that much, but, yeah. but I, but I do agree with you in theory overall. Well, yeah, also it just, it, 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 maybe it's just that, that feeling of like, I'm bored of writing with men, you know? Right. <laughs> so like, yeah. Yeah. No, no, it's just flexing muscles. And the more he uses them, the better it gets, you know? Well, we're here for the final mid-roll of 2023. Uh, we did are, it. Are you so excited to be wrapping up this year yes. now with this very final ad read of the year? Oh, my yes. God. 2023 uh, and, was cursed. It's time to move on to what will oh, surely be a smooth sailing 2024. Yes. 2024, no problems whatsoever. The world will be all all happy and mm-hmm. peace will reign. That's That's my prediction. But let's talk about our sponsor this week. And for the final week of 2023, our sponsor is Factor. That is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Uh, we've talked about them before, and we've also let you guys know that we have kind of a hard and fast rule here at the KingCast that if uh, we don't like a product, uh, well, we just don't endorse it. Uh, a while back, Factor sent me a few meals as samples, and I got to say, they're not lying when they say that these ready-to-eat meals are made with the freshest ingredients, uh, and they're clearly overseen by someone who knows their dietary shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I say that as somebody who doesn't know my, his dietary shit. So these are different from the other popular kits out there that send you all the ingredients right to your door. This is more straightforward than that. They're ready to heat and eat. No cooking skills or advanced prep are required. Think of them like the best TV dinners you've ever had. 
Um, and I was shocked at how tasty each meal was actually. Uh, I had the pesto chicken dish. I remember that was just as moist as if I'd made the meal from scratch, probably better if we're going to be honest. Uh, and yeah, veggie... I finally got my, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I finally oh, got my, my box of factor stuff. And yeah. They, they, I can, I can vouch for what you're saying. It's really good shit. It's actually yeah, really good. And it also doesn't hurt that they like load up their veggies with butter. So, so, uh, that's good for, for old Vespi here. Um, uh, if you got a crazy hectic life or you're just lazy, like I am, uh, and you don't want to make multiple trips to the grocery store, then try out factor. You'll get a week's worth of delicious, high quality meals that will be ready to eat after just a few minutes in the microwave. And they're healthy too. Uh, if you don't want that option though, you can, uh, get all kinds of food. They, whether you're on a high protein diet, low calorie diet, whatever you want, they will tailor, uh, their meals to fit your your needs. Um, so here's the part where I can give you a tasty discount. You ready for it? Head to factormeals.com slash kingcast50 and use code kingcast50 when you place your order. Why 50? Five zero? Why? That's because you get 50% off. That's the kingcast discount, baby. That's right. Kingcast50 at factormeals.com slash kingcast50 to get 50% off. And with all that said, let's get back to the show. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I just I would love to once we're once being through this and it's so like I was asking myself why Callahan, mm-hmm. right? And I think I mean it's look, it was his second kind of published novel. Was it was so Callahan was sort of the first alcoholic he wrote, you know? Um it was he had a, kind of a tragic end and a sad end and, and all that, but like it's so interesting that it was Callahan that came that it, you know, of all the characters, right? Like, why, right. Not Jack, why not Jack Torrance? Why, yeah, why not Ben Mears? <laughs> why not Tire yeah. Hunter? <laughs> yeah, but sort of, but like Jack pre, you know, you know, the Jack who was who was eating fucking Tylenol dry and chewing it like Pez. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, so much of his work was about addiction and 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 that, like, like I said, that 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 there's a really great almost. um John Fante novel, you know what I mean? There's something like, like ask the dust or whatever. Like there's something in that Callan story of like, I go to church in the morning and I work at the home at night and, mm-hmm. and, and, and I know I haven't stopped drinking. I know I'm going to drink again. And then he drinks again and he goes and he sleeps in the park and you know, like there's just something so, you know, it's, it's, it's hardly, there's a kind of creeping horror of, 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 and also like to so explicitly tie like vampirism and AIDS yeah, mm-hmm. together during that period of time, like it, 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 it made me wonder about his own like drug use and stuff, and like, like mm. that was you know that some people stayed in certain lanes of their addictions because of fear of of sharing needles, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of people didn't, um, and some of them walked, you know, so like, wow, well, yeah, there's and it's all kind of happening in that time period for him, and like, was that in his head, and what was he, you know, what I mean, like, it's just kind of the kind of shit you could never say out loud. You know what I mean? I can't imagine sure. if you asked him that question, he would ever, you know, would ever have a reason to answer beyond his, just his own privacy and all that shit. But like, this feels like the most, I, I have not read all of the books. I might be wrong. I haven't read all of his, and not even the dark tower, but all of his books, but like, this just feels so, it, it has felt this way to me since drawing of the three, like the most psychologically, potent like this just feels like he's dreaming on paper mm-hmm. you know and all of it's coming from this place is all pointing back to him and like i would just love to 
to hear him pick that apart, you know? But like I said, it's, it's the kind of thing no one would ever do, let alone say out loud. I don't think. Mm. Let um, me, you, you had read Salem's lot. Yeah. Just yeah. while we're on the topic of Callahan. Uh, did you know Callahan was a character in this book? Nope. Not until I, not until he showed up and I knew him the minute he showed up. What was your reaction? Cause I remember, I remember that being a big moment for me. Oh yeah. You when know, I realized, was, you know, it was, it was similar to the moment that sort of led me to revisit King from like in like 2011 when I kind of started like, Oh, let's check back in with, with a little mm-hmm. and see how he's doing, which was, I thought 11, 22, 63 was just such a baller fucking move. Yeah. Um, um, and, and you, you see the kids from it in a chapter yeah. and I got so emotional and like, they're barely in it. It's like five pages of the, of, yeah. of Bev and I think Richie and Bev playing on, yeah. a, on a pipe. Yeah. Yeah, Bevy from the levee and Richie yeah, from the ditchy. Yeah, yeah just as, there, as as he's you know walking through through whatever, and he just looks at these kids playing on a pipe, and like I got so emotional, like I got like like choked up that they were still okay, mm-hmm. you know, somehow. Even and it doesn't even make yeah. sense with what it looks like, but like at that moment to just see them being kids and and remembering that's my friend. Those those are, those are my pals, Richie and Bev. They're still all right, you know. Like it would have been. A, I'm sure had I not done this kind of reread over the last, you know, I guess 10 years or whatever now uh, and, and kind of keeping up with his stuff, I'm sure it would have been exactly the same response of just like, like tremendously. I, you know, I remember Callan Callahan is being just really in a book full of tragic characters being the most tragic. Um, um, and, and it's, it's funny. I bought uh, the books trying to, get my son into King. I was like, Oh, maybe Salem's lot is a good one. So like, I know there's a copy of Salem's lot in his room somewhere. I just have to go find it. Like, uh, but when, you know, I, I would like to reread it. Um, especially after we did the shorts, we did the, the, the Salem's lot short that one time, uh, from, from uh, different seasons or whatever, the non different seasons. What was it? Nightmares and dreamscapes. Where was the short? Little we did the, Yeah. We did the, whatever the shorts one episode that we did with the, yeah. Um, so yeah, but it was, it was very, it was the same thing of like being so glad to see him again in some weird way. And then just being so, it's my own kind of experience, I think as, as a alcoholic and an addict in recovery, but like his story was so meaningful and rich to me, mm-hmm. um, that, that it was, I, it, it's gorgeous. Like I said, you, you could just take the, and that's the, <laughs> the interesting thing is like, he'll tell, he'll talk of, he'll, he'll tell, I don't know, 50, 60 pages of stuff. And then Roland will be like, oh, hey, we should probably go down the road. And like, oh, yeah, yeah. And they back up and they go. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. like, it, like the story gets told out over a span of the book. You know what I mean? It's maybe a third of the novel altogether. But it gets it's a, a big lot. chunk. It gets told in fits and starts, you know, that kind of it, it's all very episodic. But it, it just it's this it's really great. Really. Well, the way I, I like that King folds Callahan into the quartet like that. He becomes. Like let, let's call him like a distant cousin. He they, he's not the main part of the group, but he's also enough of the group where he becomes part of the family, right? Right, right. Um, and that is all because of this object called Black Thirteen, which right. is a, one of the the uh, uh, the glasses, the the wizard's glasses, or whatever yeah. the fuck from that were introduced in um, Wizard and Glass, and yeah. uh, and and this is where I think things get a little murky for me. Uh, 
it's fucking cool. Don't get me wrong, but the whole idea of Todash yeah. and and Todash being this dream state where you're being quasi transported to, like in your sleep in into different areas, different times. Right, but you're sort of important. you're sort of you're sort of spider versing into your own life and it's but it's your memory you've been here before but it's different but it's not yeah and you can see things that happen like after you walked away because you're kind of there but like also when you're in the space they're fucking like undead like souls and and shit that like can sense that you're there and like it's really fucking cool but it also starts you know it really starts complicating shit because you do get that multiverse stuff you get this in one you know i'm in a reality where you know like you said, Agnew is present and I got another reality where, where Lincoln isn't on the penny anymore, you know, that kind of shit. And well, that uh, becomes a thing where he keeps, he starts to keep track of what multiverse he's in by the money, by who's on the money. Right. And, uh, and then the end up like black 13 Roland senses, uh, is like really crucial to their quest. So it's right. part of the prize of them protecting the town, right. but Callahan wants this fucking thing gone anyway. So we, we get the impression that, that there is a little bit of that gunslinger um, morality at play. Mm-hmm. We're like, yes, it is our duty to protect this town because we could easily just take this, this ball with us and, yeah. and go um, uh, on our merry way. But there is the, I, I wanted to ask you, like, what do you think of, of that being introduced as kind of like the MacGuffin of this, uh, of this uh, story at this point, do you do you think that it overly complicates things because it's it, it seems to at random or at the discretion of the narrative kind of send people where where King needs them to see shit? Be, you know, yeah, no, no that's exactly. I, I think it sort of simplifies the narrative because mm. it's this literal plot device. You know, right. like oh, time to go have a dream. That's gonna, you know, it's it, it feels like it's gonna be a part of the metafictional uh, uh, conceit of where we're all going, you know, and, and um, it's kind of maybe because it, it, it leans a little more to science fiction than fantasy for me. I kind of like it, even though it is, it is bizarre, Mm -hmm. like, like in a book full of crazy fucking ideas that, that we, okay, oh man. All right. I can't wait to see where this is going. Right. Um, um, And it's, it's like, there's something very dreamlike about it too. Like I, I, I am certainly morally and ethically opposed to AI for all kinds of reasons. But the thing about like mid journey, all that stuff, like the images it generates where like people have like seven fingers or whatever. Or <laughs> yeah. like, like that's like how I dream. Uh-huh. Like there's oh, something, wow. like there's something <laughs> very you, and like, like, Oh, those look like letters, but they're not. Right. Sure. That's where I really feel it is like, mm. Oh, ask it to make you text. And it's like, wait, what? Uh, you know, that it looks like the shape of a letter, but it, mm-hmm. you know, so there's something I, I kind of enjoy about some of that AI generated stuff because it's very, it's like, Oh, that's like someone took a picture of how I dream. Um, and it feels like that in this book, you know, even down to like the phone number on the sign changed or like the name of the, you know what I mean? Like little, mm. little, like, Oh, it feels like a dream. You're in a dream. Like look at a clock. If you ever in a dream, look o'clock, look away from it, look back at it, right? It's just like, it's never the same time, right? Writing is never the same. Language is never the same. People can, it, it feels really dreamy to me, um, which I, which I kind of like. Um, and, and the, the, the more, and just my own kind of, um, I don't know, OCD or fetish, like, like 19 becomes important in this book. And, 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 then there's also like 13 and like suddenly I'm counting letters and trying to figure out like that's <laughs> you, you turned into Jim Carrey and that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm exactly like I'm complicating it. 
you yeah. know, it's, it's a, at this point, it is a literal plot device they carry around in a shopping bag. Um, um, and when it needs them to do a thing, they do the thing. And gradually, I, I'm, I'm, I look forward to seeing where it resolves because holy guacamole, is it is it bizarre? <laughs> hmm. What do yeah, you tell it, me? I don't know. You guys tell me, like, how did you respond? Like when you, you you're 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 taking this you're, you're taking this ride one book at a time and suddenly you're at this point like where how does it how does it strike you like what did you guys think having been on on the path mm. kind of in real time when you get to fucking snitches and lightsabers and and <laughs> all that and kind of everything tripling and quadrupling and doubling back on itself like where were you at how did how did black 13 strike you guys i didn't i remember this was 2004 this is like you know, so I'm in my very early 20s mm-hmm. uh, at this point. And this is also like when I like, you know, like I was a heroin addict and this right. was while that was going on. And so that was I remember, you know, that dominated everything. You know, yeah. if you're a fucking true blue fucking junkie. Yeah, you're you know, everything else sort of revolves around that. Um, And I remember reading it. Uh, and knowing that it didn't feel exactly of a piece with the previous ones, but I didn't feel uh, like it wasn't necessarily in an unpleasant way. Yeah. It wasn't like, what the fuck is this now? This isn't what I wanted, which is kind of what my reaction was when I was, you know, 15 or 14 or whatever I was when I read wizard and glass, you know, like that I was. I was like, what? I've waited all these years and this is just like one long flashback and it's a romance. This isn't what I wanted out of this fucking book. You know, I was way too young to appreciate what was happening there. And I didn't have it within the context of the series. Right. I didn't have that experience with uh, with Wolves of the Kala. I just remember thinking, well, it's different. And that probably means these are going to be different now. But it's not necessarily a bad different. It's just there was, you know. Uh, BC and AD, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And and something you have to remember is that yeah, coming off of Wizard and Glasses, like we, there were two things that we had that we were super psyched about going into this. One, Stephen King's alive and he's finishing the fucking Dark Tower book. Right. Sure. Yes. Right. Because right. as priority, much, as priority much, one, right. As much as I, you know, uh, I'm embarrassed by it, you know, and I mentioned it a few times on the show. So apologies if if uh, I'm repeating myself for the constant constant listeners, but when I heard Stephen King got hit by the van, my first thought wasn't like, Oh fuck. I'm so sorry. Like I feel so bad for him and his family. My first thought was, <laughs> oh, no, the dark tower. what happens yeah. to the, what happens at the end of the dark tower? I'm never going to know. Like, and I feel it's a selfish fucking thought, but it's, it's an honest reaction to that. So when I got there, it wasn't that, uh, I, you know, I, I was just surprised. Like we knew that we were getting all the dark tower books yeah, yeah. at that point. And we knew that they were all coming. We we're going to get an end to this. And we were, you know, and I was just happy to be on a journey with Roland and the content again, instead of sitting around a campfire listening to, uh, you know, a 900 page romance, you know? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was the predominant feeling for me when I was reading this is, is that, that was what I, I was feeling is like, I was just happy to be back in the world. And a lot of the stuff that I think I recognized that it was way muddier than, than it had been before. And it was way less direct, but you know, I was also at that point, you know, kind of expanding my filmic horizons as well in the, sure. the cinematic influences on this book 
are on its sleeve. I mean, Leone, oh, yeah. he's yeah. never been he's never been more old school Western and, you know, Leone and Kurosawa and all that stuff. That's what, what this is. And, and uh, uh, you know, so I, I remember being very, very happy with the book, even though um, it, it did have that different flavor I was talking about. And there's, I wonder if uh, six years, I mean, it, it's kind of, it is the glass or it is a part of the glass in the titular wizard and glass, right? Like it's, it's, the 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 thirteen grapefruits of Maryland or whatever, right? Like it's kind of the right the, uh, it, MacGuffin of the last book, so that it, it's this kind of oh, of all the things in all the world, that there's also this thing that is now back, and like there's clearly a in 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 I mean my my recollection is is that there's 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 twelve beams, and then all goes to a dark tower, and there's thirteen things of glass with one being the, the you know, black 13, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a, clearly the dark tower <laughs> in the middle. Like it's the sun around which the others kind of mm-hmm. or whatever. So like, I think that's also part of the, I can just kind of accept that it, it has story juice, you know, it can have, it, it has, it has, it is a literal plot device, right? It's the thing, right. Everything else orbits like, but it, it's very, it is very in a book full of strange shit. It is maybe the strangest. The Black Thirteen, yeah, uh, yeah. Although now it I'm remembering is. Andy the Android, so maybe it's the second strangest. I don't know. I love Andy the Android. He's great. Yeah. I love that. I love the reveal that he's uh, a sneaky motherfucker. You know, yeah. like <laughs> he's relentlessly chipper up front. And you're like, oh, this annoying, leave it to Beaver ass. Uh, and then you know, he asks. Up, the, up then he asks for the fucking password. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dollar hey. store C three PO. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I love that he's, you know. And it is a super specific, like, it feels like a Star Wars riff. Mm-hmm. It feels like a deliberate Star Wars reference. And it's like, fuck, yeah, of course. You know, and and, and down to the snitch, the Harry Potter, like, like no, this is, it's out, as we talked and about. lightsabers, there's fucking lightsabers in this yeah. thing. Yeah. And, and yeah. one could argue either Krull or Tron in that women <laughs> and call start, like, whipping plates at motherfuckers. <laughs> like Which, by the way, that, titanium probably, rings, you know, that's probably one of my fucking favorite parts of this. And that's great. Revisiting it, this yeah. whole to me, that's the world building that like I feel is kind of flawless in here, where it's not so much the oh they all have their their weird sayings and and the high speech mixed with older speech. Which by the way, they tie in uh, where they recognize that like it's also kind of like main speech. They realize at the mm-hmm. end. Uh, and that that's fucking cool. And I wish that it came across a little bit more like Northeastern dialect. And maybe if Flanagan, you know, gets his series off the ground, like he will lean into that a little bit uh, because it starts tying into, you know, to Maine and, you know, the 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 parallels or whatever of the small town Maine and the small town Western town being overrun by wolves and shit. Um uh, but I who was, love- was the Fred Gwynn who who's the Fred Gwynn guy from Pet Cemetery? Like it, I did, did, uh, I was, yeah. was kind of expe- I was like, oh, wow, it's, it's crazy that people didn't start talking like that. <laughs> yeah. The ground is sour like a man's hat. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, but no, the the Ariza stuff like that to me, it, it reminded me a lot of um, Eyes of the Dragon and. Mm-hmm. Like when they're talking about like just this history, this essentially uh, beginnings of this quasi religion around this story of this woman, you know, getting revenge on the on uh, this this dude that killed her husband, I believe. 
and, and like invites him to dinner and doesn't yeah. believe that that you know you, like the only way she can get him there is if they're both naked and he goes because he's lusting after her. Yeah, yeah. And you know we're showing that's their version of we don't have weapons and it's just them alone. And what she does is she sharpens the dinner plate um, and throws it and fucking cuts that motherfucker's head head off. And that spawned this whole fucking like cult of Ariza where all the women in this town are just fucking incredible at throwing razor blade dishes. Yeah. You know? well, and, and also the, like, like that, that it, that, that, that there was such a big deal kind of drawing in the three about there being plates that were for special. And now there's plates that are for special. You know what I mean? Like, like, was that an, was that, you know, designer accident? Like there's something about that of like, Oh yeah, it's the for special plates. That's we've known about those. They're very important. Yeah. Right? Another tie, another like feels like he's, he's connecting things that never, he intended never to pay off anywhere, but he goes, Oh, like I need something. I need, you know, I need the townsfolk to be able to stand up in some way, but I can't just give them all guns. Right. What do I do? And then like, you know, you can feel the, the author, the wheels turning, the hamster spinning in, his, in Stephen King's head and connecting that just like he connects the radar dishes and all, you know, to, yeah. Uh, Shardick and all the little fucked up, you know, uh, robots that are half working, you know, and connects them to the wolves and stuff, you know. Well, and he's an, and, and her, her name's like like Rosalita or Rosalie or something, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, 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 but also like it's another echo of the rose, and we're trying to save this rose, you know, the rose and the lot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, it's got that there. There's a kind of dream logic that's starting. It makes sense. Of course, her name is. I can't. I'm blanking on her name. Rose, Rosalie. Yeah, Rosalita. I think. Yeah, Rosalita. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like, oh yeah, no. Of course, it's brass. She's she's the rose, and she's the rose that's gonna that hides the secret strength and power. And like, yeah, sure, no, totally makes sense. I'm on. I'm I'm into it. Yeah. Um, I feel like I just <laughs> fast forwarded us past Andy, and I don't want to do that because Andy is uh uh is one of the most interesting things about it. And uh, on this revisit, you know, like most of the books, I revisit on audiobook. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just easier for me to get through them in a timely manner because I'm a slow ass fucking reader. Um, and uh, George Guidel is reading this, and his voice for Andy is so fucking funny. And like it, he he speaks like this, and, and like it sounds like he would get really annoying. But it becomes really fucking charming. And then by the time he also drops it in a sinister and like he, he the, the performance on this book yeah. is incredible. So I'm, I'm once again and this is a book that, that by the way, is dedicated to Frank Muller because he got in a, a bad accident. He got, he got, he, and he did the he did the previous ones up to this. Right. He did the previous ones. And, you know, and, and I, I've been on my you know, I, I've, I've been on my I don't think Frank Muller is the best of the narrators thing. And that's like my uh, one of my secret shames because it's, uh, you know, he's widely regarded as one of the best but like we'd all like fucking kills it here and and like the 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 way he does andy um it just really brought him alive to me and you get this moment at the end where you uh jake spots andy conspiring with one of the townspeople to inform the wolves about all the plans and that's one of the great things about this story is where you start seeing like all the I don't know the backdoor politics and the secrets that the gunslingers are holding from the town and they're giving them purposefully false information because they know it's getting back to the, to the bad guys and like all that fun intrigue shit is happening. And the fact that it's the big friendly robot is the fucking like main reason for it. And just how his demeanor changes whenever he's challenged on like, Oh, you say your programming says you can't help, 
but you were also made a thousand years ago, right? And that was before the wolves. So why is the programming, you know, insisting you can't help against the wolves and, and how he suddenly goes like, what the fuck are you talking about? Motherfucker. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, I don't know. There's just something about the way he wrote that character, which is to me, it's one of the most classically dark tower esque things about, uh, about the book. Um, I don't know if you guys felt that way. I, I kind of loved that, you know, for, 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 all the kind of whether it was Blaine or, or, or Shardik, the kind yeah. of like real, real kind of brushes against like science fiction, quote unquote. Yeah, mm-hmm. the book is taken like it kind of didn't really sink in for me, kind of until Andy. And I think it's because Andy was a real character in a way that Blaine kind of wasn't. And 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 you know what I mean? Like it, it was like, oh, he's 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 reduced it down to this kind of hateful asimov kind of, right you know yeah. like uh like marvin the angry android kind of kind of thing and it made it like oh yeah this is a world where all things are possible and it, yeah man this just this, this whole book is so deeply weird <laughs> and wonderful <laughs> but like it's just every time you think you get close to getting a handle on it it's like oh yeah right no no there's also the teleporting glass balls uh, is, <laughs> is and there the android that is a thousand years before the wolves and all that stuff yeah is, is there any piece of technology here in this series i'm trying to struggle and think that isn't malevolent in some way shape or form yeah. like I, I think that's <clears throat> that is one of the late motifs of, yeah. of king's career like there's never good technology Right, right, especially cars. You know, right. cars. Magic can be good. Guns can be good. Right, but right. anything mm-hmm. that is an AI, a robot, or anything—I guess the robots are supposed to be guardians of the of the beams, but they don't seem to be. They seem to yeah, all be fucking crazy. Yeah, right. It's neglect, right? Because that's the yeah. thing is when when the machines fall into neglect. Right. Yeah, the world moved um, on, and they yeah, lost and their they mind. didn't, and, and they kept right. yeah, exactly without without care. Right, they were orphaned orphaned ideas you know right well you're gonna there's gonna be more weird tech shit you know (laughs) going forward i'm sure uh and the the next book in particular is i think the strangest of of all wow stranger Uh, than this i mean i would have to sit and read them both again back to back Mm -hmm. it's been years since i've done so um but that's my memory of it yeah that makes me so excited eric do you uh, (laughs) would you agree with that it, yeah, it, it's definitely the one. It's the one that came closest to shaking me off. Uh, I will say oh, that. Wow. So it, close to the end. I know. Well, I mean, and, and listen, nothing could have done it. But yeah, I I think that just where it goes in. I mean, yes, it does get significant. Uh, the things that are introduced here that you go, oh, that's weird. Like, oh, King takes those exact same thing and goes, you think that's weird? Fucking wait for this. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm going to take this thing you think already think is weird and go quadruple weird on you. You know, it's like, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I would say that it's that Song of Suzanne is probably the the weirdest, but it's also the one that feels the most incomplete. And I don't want to say too much more because I, I don't want to color your, hmm. your, um, uh, uh, impressions of it, but it was the one where I was just like, well, you know, I really hope he nails the ending or whatever, yeah, yeah. you know, when I finished it. Um, there is a part of me that wishes that however many pages this is entirely that like there was a edition of like, let's say, you know, if, if it's 4,000 pages that there was, uh, that there would be just 10 editions of 400 pages each. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, like the divisions between the books become have, have just kind of felt increasingly arbitrary. 
Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm I'm curious to see does does the next one feel like an epilogue to this book? Does it feel like the beginning <laughs> of the next book? I don't know. Like I, I also feel like I should probably, and I can't believe I'm saying this because it's you know a million pages long. I feel like I should probably reread this before <laughs> I, going, I before I going ahead. Well, I, I just like well, the, the only reason I'm saying that because I really want to get you back. Yeah, yeah. Back yeah. on to talk about Song of Susanna, yeah. Uh, yeah, and Song of Susanna being the shorter book. Uh, just selfishly, uh, I'd say read the Wikipedia page. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then jump into Song of Susanna. Yeah, or or you're, 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 maybe this, maybe you read the like the last hundred pages because everything right. does. There, this book does end kind of on a cliffhanger where. Yeah. Yeah, Susanna's gone, and you know she's taken the only means of of uh, of of Roland and Eddie and Jake being able to follow her, or so she thinks. And yeah. um, and you know that's also where you get like the introduction of of Callahan finding the the copy of Salem's <clears throat> Lot amongst uh, Towers' yeah, yeah, collectible yeah. books. And yeah. but that was the, that. like the minute he's like, okay, sure, but you have to protect my valuable books. I was like, motherfucker, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> What um the only time I have felt I knew where these books were going for sure. <laughs> I've lost track of what you actually do know about the ending. I know uh, spoilers that... for anyone, possibly. I don't know. He's speculating. Oh, I guess. Maybe. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I, I think I know that 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 Roland and the and and the the man in black and Stephen King <laughs> are intersect. Mm. Uh, I, I want to say that there's a. I think there's some kind of revisiting the accident itself. Um, and that's kind of about it. I just know that I, I, I want to say I'm, I'm, I'm certain King okay. as a character in the book around mm. something with the accident. But other than that, I'm, I'm uncertain. Interesting. So you don't know the end end. No, 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 no. And very, very assiduously knew one day I was going to get to them. Yes. Right. Um, um, but, uh, Man, so, I, I, I'm I'm so like I know you got Song of Susanna to get through and Dark Tower is a massive book. Just even jumping around it, I am dying to hear you talk about the ending of the series. <laughs> I am like just chomping at the bit to hear you talk about your thoughts on the uh, on the finale of this the series because it's it's a little bit divisive, but it's one that I, sure. I personally how, fucking love. So how could it not be? <clears throat> right how, how yeah. could it not take 30 years to complete and thousands of pages and and like if everybody universally loved it then it's then it's typing for applause right then it's not real right it's for sure thing. so i can't i i super fucking can't wait and i'm, I'm and i'm, I'm i would lo- i'm most looking forward to feeling like i've got firmer ground to stand on because every sort of half idea notion and thought i have about this i realized could be entirely wrong mm-hmm. based on how unpredictable this book and the previous one mm-hmm. just how up in the air everything is now yes right? um, um i remember having such a certain such a arrogantly uh, uh self-justified interpretation of like drawing of the three or whatever and now i just feel like i i don't know what any of this means well, is he talking about my, parenthood? Maybe. My, I think, I think he office? is. Maybe. At least in this one. Yeah. But I, I can, and Scott, maybe you'll correct me here, but my, my feeling is that each step of the way you've cut to the heart of what he was going for, like mm-hmm. in, in our discussions with you. And even if you're, you've made some predictions that I don't think are going to come to pass or not yeah. in the way you think they will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think you've been radically off on, 
definitely on on the themes and definitely on yes. the the reading the intent of of the books as they've been going along yeah. you know i think i think i'm 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 super aware that i am as this becomes a story about stories and a story about storytellers and a, a metafictional feel, feels like the wrong word doesn't it like it's but as it really becomes this kind of biographical fiction or something like I'm, I'm aware how um, arrogant I get arrogant is the wrong word, but like, like, Oh, I'm, I'm viewing this through my own bespoke lens of what right. I do. Um, and I don't know the guy, I don't know what he's talking, you know what I mean? So it's just, I'm, I've just become increasingly aware of like, as we, as it feels like these books are getting deeper into his like psyche and kind of subconscious and unconscious, like, like, I don't know, man, I don't know. <laughs> um, Let me, um, so let me ask you this. I don't, I don't, if we have had this conversation on one of these episodes, uh, oh, who I've, knows? Yeah, I've I forgotten don't. it. I don't, I don't think we have, but you know, you're aware that, uh, been in production and post-production on a massive 10 hour television show the last two years. I'm basically the memento guy now. So that, ahead. um, well, that kind of, that kind of plays into the question here because, you know, you've had to wrangle the mythology of, uh, this, monster bursting that legendary has been doing you know into monarch and you are monkeying around in somebody else's mythological sandbox and have had to figure out how to make that for television and serialize it and blah 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 blah. Mm -hmm. so i'm curious um knowing what you know now having having done such a thing yourself um what do you think uh, the biggest challenges are going to be for Mike Flanagan mm. in in bringing this to television, and what what must he do? What must he not do? Like, what's your opinion on that? Matt's like, hire me to be in the, in the yeah, the no shit. <laughs> no, I, you know, though, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, look, casting is going to be important. Sure, mm-hmm. yeah, um, crucial, crucial. Um, so much of this is, you know, it's, it's, you go in and out of people's heads so Mm -hmm. much. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's just a, there's a big transliteration job ahead. Um, to that that point, I want to say that Monarch, there's a lot of like lost DNA in, in in, in its structure. And, and I respond really strongly to that. I loved lost when it was on. Well, up until the end. I also, I also just think that, that, that audiences are way more sophisticated and intelligent than, than, Sure. Networks give them credit for, you know, I I don't think everything has to be simplified for the lowest common denominator. I think the, 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 the lessons of peak TV are like, you can tell sophisticated stories that trust that your audience is at least as smart as you are and is paying attention and can deal with not knowing something for a little bit. Right. Well, my, my greater point being that that's how I would approach the situation with the dark tower, with the, with the, the, the various mm-hmm. viewpoints and how it's jumping between characters, perspectives and yeah. stuff. You would just have, you know, once yeah. you get into say, let's use drawing of the three, you know, once it gets to it's, you know, Susan, Eddie Roland on that beach, like you just, each episode is from a different person's perspective. That's how I would, yeah. presume that they and, would handle that. And you know, I think the biggest challenge is unless you know, there's, I, I think looking at lost, there is an episode where they clearly got the okay to land the plane. 
Mm-hmm. Like it's a, it's it's like right before or right when Jeremy Davies shows up, but like right around in that window, there comes a point where it's clear they know we got this season and two more and we're done. Yeah. Because suddenly everything starts just answer, 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 you know, payoff, 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 right? Um, um so part of it, I think the challenge Mike is gonna have is like he like it, it's gotta it's gotta all stand as if it's gonna be all there is mm-hmm. you know it's it's um um that there's there's and, and and hope that you know which which is different than this you know there was never a question king was going to be able to get well until he got hit by a fucking van right right but like he could do it in his own way in his own time but like like there's no guarantee of that in this right so mm-hmm. like like if if no one watches it and no one likes it. There's not going to be a season seven, right? Sure. Um, so like, how do you re like, it, I don't think it, it can't be a, a straight adaptation. It rather, it can't be a transliteration. It really has to be an adaptation. Like, how do you take the DNA of this story and all of its parts and kind of reinvent it for television? Yes. That's you know? what I'm asking. Yeah, I don't know. How would I, I you? Well, let's let's let me put a real fine point on it, and maybe that'll be less of a all-encompassing mm-hmm. sort of thing. But how are you breaking down the books into seasons if you're in charge? Oh boy. <laughs> well, um... you're saying because it sounds like what you're saying is you shouldn't do just like a season per book. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I think that underserves some of these books, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, and, and it would underserve the audience, frankly, hundred percent. Like you wouldn't need an entire season for song of Susanna just for, right. for instance. Right. 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 And I think you barely need, I mean, and we're talking like a, like a streaming season. Are we talking about like, you know, we're we talking about like 10 episodes, 12, let's say episodes? 12. Yeah. Up, yeah. Let's say 10, 12 episode seasons. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think dark tower is probably doesn't need a full is probably not a full season. Unless you pull things forward, you mean gunslinger, gunslinger. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Unless you pull things forward, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which you could do, but then that becomes a matter of you know. I think Last of Us is really interesting as a model, like that. That that. That's um, exactly what I was gonna throw out know, there. Is I, I think that's pretty pretty close to like an ideal. Yeah, model. And, mm-hmm. like, and, and apparently, sort of the 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 new Fallout show, you know, that, that was very similar. That like it's not an adaptation of the video game, right? Like it's just set in that world. But like, so that's the one option. The other is like take the stuff that works, change it up, twist it around, reinvent it, polish it, make it better, make it a TV show. But like, I'm really going to be curious to see what next season of last of us is because mm. in the game, there's what, like 10 years between the two. Yeah. And they're not doing that with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like, okay, interesting. How do you, do they pull stuff forward or do they start to tell the story that gets us to the canonical game? Right. Oh. Um, you know, is what? there is is there a world where you are pulling stuff out of Wizard and Glass, especially, and putting it in the first season? Hmm. Right? That was, is it a more chronological tale? That was the approach that Glenn Mazar was taking to it when, right? When he when he was developing it for Amazon, they they only produced a pilot, um, but it's it does that and also sort of remixes the mythology in kind of kind of like what the movie was doing but in a i think in a better way it just yeah right but it like you know it started men in black fled across the desert and the gunslinger followed and etc but like it's young roland and yeah. he's on his way to medges 
Right, um, right, right. So it was like, yeah, you're getting that opening, but and you're getting to Brown's hut, but then you're also like, now he's meeting Susan Delgado, like right, a couple of scenes yeah. scenes later. So, um, yeah, yeah that is a way to do. It. I I know you know I and I don't think I'm telling tales out of school here because I think Mike has said this himself that you know he won't be fucking around with the chronology of it like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I think that's kind of why the last of us is such a great template for, you know, uh, for what a dark tower series could be because there are episodes. Well, one it's true to the characters as we know them. Right. Uh, if you played the game, uh, the last of us game, you, Joel and Ellie, they're fucking note perfect. All the su- supporting characters are note perfect. And then we get fucking curveballs every once in a while right. where where the, the the Bill and Frank story is told right. differently, mm-hmm. but in a way more emotional and way more satisfying way, you know, and and, you know, you get that a whole episode where it's an hour and a half long, you know, gay romance that has Joel, your main characters in it for, right. for 10 minutes. Yeah. Right. It's like and it's and it's one of the best episodes I saw of TV this year, you know, um, so you can have those curveball episodes. But then you're also going back to what made you love those characters and love that world um, in a way that is that can be very faithful. But, you know, but also at the same time, you know, the reason why it works and it's alive as a TV series is because you're surprised by it. You, even if you're a diehard reader, you know, there, there's going to be something new for you to, to ingest. You know, there's also but like take the, the 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 sequence with Blaine which was maybe 300 pages of book space altogether mm. between the two books and like I that think could, it, you feel it feels longer than it actually was it might it might it may, maybe so <laughs> but yeah. like that's an episode like if you do two episodes and on, on that train as written like that's a drag Right, you know, it's like that season of, of of Game of Thrones where everybody was just walking up and down roads, like, <laughs> yeah, like okay, that's an episode, but like that's also a huge part of, of of you know, so so there's some of that of like being able to feel like maybe I can't get every piece, you know, you have to be an editor, you have to be a steward, you have to be, right. and you have to, there's going to be darlings you have to get rid of, there's going to have to be moments that you do pull forward a little bit, you know, and and and. Uh, yeah, I, it's it's a hell of a challenge, and 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 how do you adapt the ending? Which, assuming that I'm right, like, <laughs> does who, who does is there? A, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm um. I, I don't know. It's it's a uh, it's a. You know, you, you thought adapting Foundation was a fool's errand. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a. I mean, it, it's a big ask, but it's also one that it's so idiosyncratic the series that if the right person makes it with the right budget with the right actors at the right time it becomes you know iconic and and timeless right it becomes a a series you know especially a tv series it would become one of the you know all-time greats it'll be on all the all-time great lists but it's a knife's fucking edge you go one step too far and it only that knife's edge only gets sharper as the books go on by the way uh like it, it to the point where i think a lot of the weird shit that would turn people off in the first two or three books are like the most appealing and crowd pleasing shit you know, uh, of the entire mm-hmm. series, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, it almost feels too, like, 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 like Dahlgren or I don't know, like Vonnegut's like 
Breakfast of Champions, I know they adapted and tried to make a movie like, like maybe it just doesn't, it shouldn't be a, a show, you know, mm. like, mm. like also because so much of it feels about stories and books, even though there are certainly filmic influences. I, I, I don't know. Like, like it's, it's, uh, I don't know how Mike's going to do it. It's, uh, uh, he's a better man than I, Gungadin. Yeah, it's a I mean, listen, it's it's a challenge, but like I I would push back just in that like, oh, maybe this should only exist as, as books. I don't know. It may, it, I don't know how you do it, but I want to see Midworld brought to life for fucking oh, yeah. real. I mean, that's the other thing, too, is like like maybe just because I don't know how it ends. Uh, maybe ask me after the last book, you know? Yeah, <laughs> um, um, Fair but, enough. But, but I know for sure casting is gonna be everything it, it'll make it or break it 100 percent. yeah you're gonna have to love these people to 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 go on this this journey with them you know yeah and roland in particular is gonna be the fucking tough one because it's somebody who you have to grow to love yeah. you know and it's who is in the clint eastwood mold and tends to not speak close much, enough right you know but i mean um, again pedro pascal fucking was able to do that with joel uh although you did get one full episode of just normal everyday every guy joel yeah. and you saw his tragedy right up front and knew why he was the way he was so i don't know um yeah yeah well, well, it's it's a it's a hell of a and it's just it defines ambition you know right well, speaking of endings, before we wrap up our discussion here, I wanted to get both of your reads on the ending of Wolves of the Kala because it kind of struck me that like that one that's kind of true to life. So if you, you know, if you making a movie, for instance, or making a TV show, you're going to have months and months and months of planning. And then you're you're you have a month window where you're doing something and and uh but, you know, it's odd to me that uh, and I wonder if if Mike ever, you know, gets to make this and make it up to this point, if he would like essentially make this more of a Helm's Deep style battle instead of one roadside fight, you know, where uh, you know, a lot of dramatic shit happens. You know, the fucking kids get killed like Jake's best friend gets, you know, the one that that's kind of elicited his, you know, him actually being a child, you know, and and having a childhood friend again, you know, after all this this trauma and torture he's gone through, like he fucking watches him get obliterated in front of him. And it's like there there's real stakes and real people die. But it it's as Roland says, it's like it's five minutes of bloodshed uh, and, you know before the, the the victory can can be achieved uh and it does feel fairly small um because i think of i think of seven samurai i remember that being like a big build-up and all this prep and all this prep and but the i remember the you know the actual invasion of the town being like a huge moment that that lasts for a long a long time and here it, it's over pretty quickly um did you guys notice that at all when you read it or did you or do you think uh that it's exactly what it should have been um, I certainly at some point started to listen to Roland as it was yeah. clear. Also just, you know, like it's, it's, I don't do, um, eBooks and digital books are really weird to me. There's something about not being able to feel what's left in right. my hand, you know? So at some point it became clear that like, oh yeah, no, this isn't, this is going to be a chapter. You know, when, right. the, when the, when the, when the thing happens, it's going to be this one sequence. It is all like tightening. A, it's like tuning a guitar string. Until and you can pops. tell just by how much you had left and like how, <laughs> yeah. how much paper was left. Right. Yeah. And just sort of that sense of like, oh no, it's really going to just be 10 minutes of complete carnage. And then, then we'll be back on the path. Right. Um, I think King writes action spectacularly. 
Yeah. You know, so it's, it's certainly, it, it's also interesting in, in a very staid kind of book that then it suddenly explodes in this kind of, you know, I, I don't know that I would have wanted it to be 200 pages of fight. You know, I don't know mm -hmm. that it, I wonder like just kind of how much real estate it, I don't remember you know, the kind of the big, you know, wizard and glass kind of action set piece there. Like this, this, this feels like a very different thing, right? This, this feels very much like really is about the kind of burden of a gunslinger, you know? Or uh, uh, I don't know. I heard a cop describe Barney Miller as being the most accurate show about mm -hmm. police work everywhere. Like it's right. it's ninety five percent of the time you're you're filling out paperwork and dicking around with the guys, and then it's five minutes of total terror. <laughs> right. It kind of felt like that to me. I don't know, Scott. I think it works. Um, I I think that the it's almost besides the point. You know everything that's everything that happens in the book is moving the it positions into place now and locking things uh, down to set the stage for what's going to happen in the next two books that these wolves show up and are going to like wipe these, you know, take the kids or whatever. And then the battle's just kind of almost perfunctory. Uh, I think is perfect. If it went on for a hundred pages or 50 pages, uh, I wouldn't have been happy with that despite the fact as Matt pointed out a moment ago that King is very strong with, with writing action. I think it's, I think it's the least uh, important part of the story. Almost. It's, you know, it's a thing that Roland says, right? Like first is smiles, then it's lies and then it's gunfire. Like, yep, yeah, that's yep. his book. That's his book in a nutshell. I think my only, my only critique of that is that it just felt a little, uncomplicated like it starts off complicated because jake is out of position right mm -hmm. like it, it starts off on a, on a bad foot uh because you know one of the pe people that jake's with gets stuck and breaks his leg and and like they're hustling to get in a place where they're not going to blow the whole thing but then once the thing happened there is just there is no I don't know. Like I, I, I know that I, I jokingly referred to Helm's Deep before, and I don't think this should be like you know a forty-minute-long you know action scene in a movie or your whatever that translates in, into a book. Um, but there's a sense in those in a scene like that where there was just a little bit more of a back and forth of of the heroes are, you know, are on their back heel and how are they going to get out of it? You know, it's a little bit what we were talking about, you know, the Houdini effect earlier. It's like, how are they going to get out of it versus what was here is like there, there's no real sense of threat once, you know, and the only people dying are the, are the, the townspeople, you know what I mean? It's like, it just feels like everything just goes a little too well. You know, mm -hmm. for me. I, I would have liked if there was a little bit more complications, if there was, you know, the fucking Rohir or not Rohirrim, if there was like the fucking elephant army that shows up in the end of, <laughs> you know, Return of the King. It's like, well, what the fuck is this? This is something we could never have predicted, you know, especially knowing that that the enemy that was sending the wolves knew full well that there were gunslingers aiding in this fight. Like, it feels like there should have been one, at least one extra thing that wasn't just everything they already fucking knew about. You know what I mean? Fair enough. I don't know. I, I feel like there's just one. I see what you're saying. I yes. just wanted there to, I wanted to see the heroes having to scramble and figure out something in the moment versus we're just going to do exactly what we've been set up for. And it works fine. And, and hooray, you know, sorry that your friend's dead, Jake, but other than yeah, that, I'm except for all the, the townsfolk and children that die works fine. <laughs> yes. But, but, but also I feel like there's a kind of meta statement, right? Like for, right. for a book about a gunslinger, there's really very little gunslinging. 
That's mm-hmm. true. When it happens, it matters. But I don't know. I, that, that's sort of, again kind of playing into the meta ness of this right. book in particular. And maybe I've just been spoiled by you know Spielberg and and you know Peter Jackson designed action sequences and stuff, you know. Uh, but uh, and also within the context of this, and we'll be able to dive into this a little bit more once you finish the series. But like this is kind of the last big chance for there to be like just don't say. Getting, I know what you're going to say. Don't say. Yeah, it. yeah. You're gonna so, you're gonna you're gonna tip your hand if you're gonna say what yeah, I think you're but, gonna but, say. Well, I don't. I think you think I'm going to a place that I wasn't going to. But uh, it's essentially. I think you're going to say this is the last chance to see these characters happy. No, not at all. Oh, okay. Not at all. What I was going to say, this was the last chance to see, to like, because we've already discussed that this is the beginning. You know, the fractures of the quartet is 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 happening because of what's happening with Mia, and you know, inside Susanna. It's like this. This is like the. This would have been the last chance, I believe, within the context of this, to have a big action moment. Like, like that, where you get to see them all just working together, fucking, you know, backing each other up, you know, plates are flying, fucking, you know, Jake's got his Ruger, like Eddie and, and Roland have the, 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 the gunslinger iron, you know, and it's, you know, them working as a team to, uh, to overcome something that, that maybe they didn't quite anticipate hmm. fully because they couldn't by Fair. any, you know, means have the, the full uh, picture of what, what's going on. You know what I mean? So I think that's why just looking at it within the context of the story, um, you like if I would think that if, if Mike is adapting this, he might, you know, and gets to this moment, like he might want to make this he want to like whatever that the the Game of Thrones episode or whatever that was all about the the final, you know, siege or whatever they're, they they need this the series needs a moment where you just see them working and clicking as the content that the tower has drawn them together to be in in a stressful situation like this you know what i mean so that's all that's all i meant by it well i think that about does it for wolves of the collar yeah time to Christ. get, time to get Matt started on song of Susanna. bring the ship in <laughs> for a landing nice and short love it <laughs> I'm I'm very I, I'm dying to hear what you have to say about Song of yeah. Susanna. I yeah, I think yeah. it's me and Vespi's. Obviously, it's we love the Dark Tower series. We love all the. Books. This is the least favorite, right? Yeah, yeah, but it's definitely our our least favorite. So I'm I'm just curious if you know. I know people that uh, that's definitely not the case. They feel like it's yeah. um, one of the stronger entries yeah. in the series. So yeah, it was interesting. People felt the same about Wizard and Glass, right? Yes, yes. I think I think that was more like upon release than now. Yeah, and looking, it, yeah, and it had book. everything to do with what that book wasn't than with what right. it was. Right, right. Um, and that's the right, and that's the thing is like you, 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 you have to deal with what you have, not with what you wanted or what you expected. Right, right. right. Yeah. Well, we um, thank you for for being here and helping us yeah, uh, finish off 2023 with uh, another one of these Dark Tower episodes. Um, where Tell the people where they can watch Monarch. Monarch, a legacy of monsters is streaming now on Apple TV plus. Episode five has been released uh, as we record this episode six uh, 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 follows. You're going. That's interesting. It's come out on, on Fridays, although it, it, it tends to, I think they're, they release about like Greenwich mean time. Cause it tends, new episodes tend to show up Thursday evenings uh, yeah, on, yeah. Uh, on the West Coast. Um, yeah, no, it's, uh, uh, yeah, there you go. Apple well, go TV watch Plus. it. People. Streaming now. 
especially and if you then like once you're done watching stuff. it you know what just press play and walk away just you don't have to <laughs> when you leave the put it on. just rack those numbers up for me i hope you like it i hope you watch it i hope you enjoy it if you do if you don't do me a solid you can press play and walk away like just let yeah. it run just rack the numbers up baby they don't know apple tv don't know <laughs> they don't got to worry about that oh yeah yeah, as All far right. as I know, that there's there's somebody in Portland that's basically been streaming it on a loop since it started, right? That's they don't know. <laughs> it's, but, uh, no, I I uh, uh, it it, it I, I I can't wait for it to to it's it's going to be weird when it's done. It's been so weird, right? Right. So we're like at the halfway point now. Um, yeah, buckle up. We're just only just getting started. Oh yeah. All right, man. Well, thanks for being here. Happy holidays to you and your family. And uh, Happy we holidays. will. Happy New Year. Yes. And you all on the path of the beam. Many thanks to Matt Fraction. We got him in under the wire, but it's kind of become like an annual tradition now to have the last yeah. episode of the year being uh, Fraction's Dark Tower episode. Hopefully he comes back a little sooner than that for uh, uh, for Song of Susanna because we, we got the finish line in sight. We need to finish out yep. these uh, Dark Tower books. Yep. He's got two more to go. And we kind of wanted to loop back to the first one, but I don't know if we're actually going to be able to pull that off with him before this is all said and done. Mm. We'll just have to see yeah, how the year it, goes. Yeah, well, we'll see just how quickly. It, again, it all depends how quickly he can get through these books. You know, he has his plate full a little bit with uh, Mr. Godzilla and Mr. Uh, Kurt Russell, who both are, are giants in the field. So, yes. uh, uh, but yeah, we thank him for, for coming in. And it's uh, it's one of my favorite things to do on the show is is walking through the Dark Tower series and revisiting uh, this thing that I love so much through brand new eyes, especially eyes that are as smart and uh uh i don't know as intuitive i guess is is uh, yeah. picking up like the thematic threads like that that guy uh, knows his shit more than we do so i'm i'm always happy to have have his uh his voice on the show absolutely always a pleasure to have Matt on and yeah we'll uh i'm sure we'll have him back all right well uh this is the last episode of the year of 2023 uh, and 2024, I think we're going to hit the ground uh, running. Do you want to give a little bit of a tease on what's on what's coming up? Well, we've been uh, recording quite a bit, um, so I'm not entirely sure which episode we're leading with yet. I think we need to still discuss that, but rest assured that we have some uh, really good stuff in the bank, and uh, maybe some. We've got some new guests. We've got some uh, returning guests, at least one of which may be a, a surprise to y'all. Um, we've got. Mm -hmm. Oh, we've got a lot. Um, don't know what I, I don't know what to tease for next week, but it'll be something good. I can tell you that. Hell yeah. Uh, well, I, I know what I can tell you for sure is happening is this Friday. We are getting yet another episode of Shelbyville out to you guys before the end of the year. So episode five of our actual play Stephen King themed RPG with uh, me, Scott, our game master, Jacob Hall and the great Mallory O'Mara. Uh, yes. You know, messing around playing as uh, 1990s screwed up kids in, in Maine and dealing with some supernatural stuff. So Always the last a time experience. Yeah, it's a hell, hell of a hell of a fun time. And, and I keep seeing people that are just newly discovering it as we're rolling out this new season uh, and, and uh, just falling in love with it. And it, that makes my little heart grow three times its size. So, yes, indeed. This one's heavily inspired by a, a major Stephen King book, and, and I think that's all, all we'll say there. Um, and, uh, and I can't wait for you guys to listen to it. It's, it's a yet another action-packed episode as the kids are facing off against something they probably shouldn't have any, <laughs> any right to be facing off against. Absolutely. Sweet. Well, we have, uh, we've it. come to the end of another year. Yeah. We did it. 
Uh, yeah, I don't know how to feel. Like I, I, I feel tired, but also excited for yeah. uh, what's to come in twenty twenty four. So yeah, it was a, it was a long year. It was definitely a long year, but uh, we had some, some really high highs and uh, not too many lows. You know, um, not with the show anyway. So that's good. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we we thank everyone for tuning in and for continuing to be uh, patrons over on uh, on the on the Kingcast Patreon. You're keeping the show going. Uh, keeping us engaged, keeping us uh, our bills paid and such, which is is good because if we were thrown into the gulag for for not paying our bills, then we wouldn't be able to do the show, would we? So no, and then then everybody suffers humanity most of all when you think about it. So yeah, that's true. It's true. So well, yeah, number of surprises in store next year, folks. Uh, be be ready for for those. Um, we're working on getting some live events put together for next year as well, and. I don't know. 2024 is looking uh, pretty sharp for the King yeah. Cat so far. I'll say yeah, if, if, if all of our plans uh, come to fruition, it's, it's going to be a banger year. So uh, thanks everybody for joining us on this journey so far. And here's to uh, another year of Stephen King nerdiness. Yes. Adios. All right. Well, I think that that'll wrap us up. I guess we'll see y'all uh, next week in, in uh, next year, I guess. Yes. To 2024 folks. All right. Bye. The KingCast is a Fangoria podcast production. The show is produced, hosted, and created by Eric Vespi, that's me, and Scott Wampler. Tira Andley and Abby Goel are executive producers. Daniel Danger is our art director, and editing is done by yours truly. <laughs>